Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 223 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's Mick Carrick with ACG. Hey, we got through the first five seconds without fucking up. How about that? We did. We did. <laughs> we did. Something's going to go wrong. I just yeah. know it. I'm just joking. Hopefully it, it, not. Either that or the dogs. One or the other. Anyway. Oh, yeah, that'll for sure. <laughs> How are you doing otherwise? Good. How about you? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Took a nice shower. I Have you ever, you know, sometimes you take a shower and you don't really smell anything, but like sometimes you get out of the shower and you just keep smelling yourself, like you move your head, you know, you'll catch a little whiff of your shampoo or something like that. For yep. you, do you, you know, do you use a little beard shampoo? And sometimes uh, you get I that just in your face? normally use normal shampoo, but my wife has like this coconut stuff and I can smell it like two hours afterwards. Is it great? Is it a good coconut? Because I don't like coconut, so. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a big fan of coconut, to be honest, but it's better than, like, chemical-smelling ones. Okay. You know, like, you'll get, the, you'll get like, whatever a normal one would be. But I'm also not a big fan of smells overall. Like, if oh, they're, yeah. like, not, like, floral. Rose is fine, but a lot of ones are, like, fruity, and that, ugh, mm-hmm. it always sells uh, fake. Okay, it so smells you, fake. I thought you were going to say you're, like, a bar soap guy. Like, you don't use any type of scented anything. Oh, I'll use if I can find unscented soaps, I'll use them. But oh, yeah. my wife always has like ivory, you know, like the green and white <laughs> ivory bar, I'm and so that's much. usually when I use. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't like. Uh, I have a pre- like. I'm always jo- my my wife always jokes that I can smell stuff like a mile away. So I'll be like, something's burning. She'll be like, no, nothing is. And then twenty minutes later, we'll find out some sockets that's, that's funny. Out. You know, there was so, one time uh, I had like a, a superhuman moment where I walked into the living room and I smelled iron like like blood type iron i'm like right why does it smell like iron and then like a minute later my dad's nose starts bleeding i'm like what the f-? dude i'm t- yeah mine's <laughs> like that mine's enough that friends will be bothered because they'll come over and if they have food that smells a little off you know mm-hmm. like a like a, something like from like baja fresh or something's got like a really pungent odor i'm the first guy that like a mile away they're walking up the driveway and i'm all dude don't eat that shit in here. I, I think it just overpowers me. It gives me, especially when it's really pungent, it starts mm-hmm. to bother me. I feel you. Well, welcome to a gaming podcast, everybody. We hope you enjoy your stay. Uh, we want to start off by thanking everybody. We've been getting more and more tweets at the end of our episode. For those who don't know, if you stay to the final moments, we usually just toss a hashtag out there to get a little extra interaction, see how many of you guys stick with us till the end of the episode. Just because for us, it's, it's neat to see uh, when we have like an episode last week, which was... Uh, funny enough, episode 222 was two hours long, 22 minutes, and 22 seconds long. Yeah, pretty, I saw somebody post that. Pretty insane. 
Uh, but we just like to see who sticks around. You don't get like rewarded for anything, but you know, you just get a good sense of accomplishment, and, and we feel good on the other end because we know uh, we kept your attention or, or sat there as background noise, whichever we'll take, uh, for that entire time, and we appreciate that. So uh, I just want to thank everybody because we've been getting a lot more of those lately, which is nice. Yeah. It shows some consistency because it's usually like the... It was like originally the same like four people, and then it's really grown, and we're getting more and more, probably because we're begging for it now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that works. Yeah, hey, we'll take it. Anyway, um, as always, if you'd like to get involved with the show in a different way, you can support us on Patreon. We'll have a link to that in the description down below. If you're a dollar patron, you get early access to this podcast uh, two days ahead of time. The moment that I'm done recording this, it goes right up on the Patreon, and you can get early access right there we used to do it through soundcloud but um that was just money wasted for a couple of years i used to just pay for these yearly subscriptions and then patreon's like right. hey let, let us host the audio and what a game changer it was so uh yeah we you can get it immediately on the patreon patreon does have an app so you can listen on the go through this app um i use it in the car plenty when i listen to some podcasts that i am uh supporting currently so uh, just something worth keeping in mind. If you want to go up a little bit, three bucks, you can get yourself into the Discord, one of the best communities in gaming, hands down. And also, you can find Carrick's Patreon. Carrick, are you doing anything special over on yours? Um, right now, just I got two more of the YouTube, you know, YouTubers who want to miss the problems that you and I experienced. So mm. that's like the new thing I'm doing, or not the new thing, but additional thing I'm doing right now. Gotcha. As for the patron itself, we're just doing B-movies and UFC events every Saturday in the chat, which mm -hmm. has really helped. It's been a blast to talk to people like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's kind of funny when you when you have that connection. Um, I have someone who I have to send an invite to, but I was playing uh, DBS the card game. As a lot of people who watch the video version of the podcast will note, my, the background is almost always coded in a ton of playing cards from Dragon Ball because I'm always, like, assembling and, and dissembling decks. Um, and so there's only this one website online. It's called Untap where you can play against people online and because uh, it, it doesn't have, like, an official support. It has an app, but it's a tutorial app. You can't play online against people. So when you're testing decks, it's either play in person, which I have an option to do that, like, twice a week maybe if I'm lucky. Right. Um, or you can go online on this computer app thing. So uh, I was actually on there. And uh, someone hopped into my game and was like, are you Maddie? And it, it was just funny, like, sharing uh, an interest, which I've never had, by the way, with this card game. Just kind of niche. And, um, and and meeting a viewer through there and then, like, talking and saying, like, hey, man, I'll send you a Discord invite, you know, in case you, you ever want to chat about this game again. So it is awesome meeting, like, patrons or viewers or listeners, whatever you want to refer to yourself as, uh, and sharing a, a, a common hobby and love with them. Um, because I've been playing this game for about a year and a half, and he's like, I just started four weeks ago. I'm like, oh, man, a new guy. Got to teach him everything. So um, <laughs> really cool feeling there. Anyway, we thank you guys so much for supporting us. And uh, now that we've rambled enough, let's get into the news. So it was a pretty jam-packed week in the sense of really important things happening, but not jam-packed in the terms of context. We really only have technically three news pieces to go over this week, uh, but we have obviously patron questions throughout and um, what we're playing to supplement the discussion. So let's start off what I'd say is the most uh, pertinent news topic for my channel. Uh, maybe not for the industry-wide. Our next topic will likely be that, uh, which is Doom Eternal was delayed to March 20th, 2020. So we have the message from id Software here on their Twitter account that I'll read off, and then we'll give our thoughts. 
So throughout the development of Doom Eternal, our goal has been to deliver a game that exceeds your greatest expectations across the board, to make sure we're delivering the best experience for Doom Eternal, to live up to our standards of speed and polish. We've made the decision to extend our launch dates by a few months to March 20th, 2020. We know many fans will be disappointed by this delay, but we are confident that Doom Eternal will deliver a gaming experience that is worth the wait. In addition to shifting the Doom Eternal launch date, we've made a couple of other changes we wanted you to know about. Number one is Invasion Mode, which will allow you to enter another player's game as a playable demon, will release as a free update shortly after launch. So think of, for example, Dark Souls, where someone could invade your game, which I think, by the way, this is really cool. Uh, Doom Eternal for Nintendo Switch will release after the uh, other platforms. Um, We will announce that date in the future, so that one got delayed even further back. Uh, Doom 64 will be available on the Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and PC. In addition to the Nintendo Switch, we are adding Doom 64 as a pre-order bonus for Doom Eternal on all platforms, so you'll be able to download and play this classic game for free just for pre-ordering Doom Eternal. Doom 64 will be released on March 20th, 2020, so the same day as Doom Eternal. I don't know who's going to be hopping into that game that very day. But anyway, they uh, say they are grateful to every Doom fan for their dedication and support. They can't wait to rip and tear alongside us, and then they sign it from id Software. So, uh, Carrick, surprised or not, and what are your general thoughts on on this delay? Can you read your Discord? I have a question for you before I give my answer. Okay, let's let's give it a look here. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not surprised <laughs> <laughs> because. Little birdie told me that it was that that was the I think even the month that this was uh, that somebody you know the company had wanted this to happen. So mm. if I had not known that, I would say um, I haven't been as high on that game as other people have from what I saw. Uh, so I, I I'm not as surprised just because it didn't look to be capturing what I thought that Doom's 2000. What was that? 2016. Yes. Yeah, yeah, 2000. Jeez, that's it's been three years. Um, that's right when we first started it, talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So to me, it, it, it it's hard to know how surprised I would have been had I not know that there was a desire to delay it in the first place. I do think it's interesting that they're delaying that multiplayer mode, um, but also good. And I would say that despite my surprise or lack of surprise, it's good that they're doing it. This is a hard year. There's going to be a lot of big games. Um, they may not be the big games that a lot of people think of as big games, but there are going to be a lot that are holding the PR and like the attention of gamers. Mm-hmm. So to me, March is a good time. I personally think it's a great time to release that game, but that's just me. Yeah, no, I I share the same feeling of a lack of surprise. I, I was I thought the only surprise was like within the 24 hour window of me talking about how I thought things were kind of quiet for both Doom and uh, Fallout 76's Wastelanders that they announced this delay. So that was the the surprise factor for me. But when it came to Doom Eternal, um, you know, I I kind of thought it was a little sad in the sense of of release windows because outside of the Outer Worlds and I guess a little bit of Modern Warfare, uh, there really sure. isn't anything else for me this year that I'm looking forward to or that I'm big on. Obviously, the Outer Worlds, if if that didn't exist this fall, it would be pretty boring for me to be honest because it would have just been mm-hmm. Greedfall and Borderlands Three. Um, but yeah, I think pushing Doom back is obviously a good thing. Uh, March, though, I, I see. I think I disagree with you a little bit, just because I mean, it's launching in a window where there's just so many choices to make, and all of them look very high quality. What are the other ones? So there is, I think, a week and a half or two weeks after is Cyberpunk, unless that gets delayed. There is still a chance of that. 
Uh, it releases on the same day as Animal Crossing. Now, I'm not going to say that Animal Crossing fans cross over with Doom fans consistently. <laughs> uh, I think but that's still, a, it's uh, yeah, it's a game, it's right? Coverage, yeah, it's it's, it's coverage. It's a game. It's sixty dollars going one way or the other. And then I think a week before that, two weeks before that, in that month, uh, is Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I think is is a really big deal. And that would share, I think, a little bit of overlap because these are two classic franchises. When's Cyberpunk coming out? April 16th? So I forgot about Early Cyberpunk. I, I would agree with you for sure. I think the biggest overlap, obviously, is going to be Doom and Cyberpunk. So yeah, mm-hmm. definitely I can see that. I can see that affecting yeah. like the the longevity of people continuing to play it because you may exactly. like Doom, you may jump into it, but then Cyberpunk comes out, and if it's like Witcher in its length and stuff, uh, oh god, you know, people yeah. will be probably playing that versus Doom. Well, that's the thing nowadays is is people will pick up a game, and I think for maybe a developer, you just want to make sure you get your foot in the door, and hopefully you can call them back later. But um, people will just fly through a game and be like, all right, on to the next one, which I'm guilty yeah. of. And then there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but it, it's really hard to have that staying power in, in an industry where it's games that demand a ton of your time. And, and mm-hmm. especially in 2020, you know, I don't want to assume every game is going to be great, but it is lining up to be one of those years where, I mean, it looks like it can be <laughs> a tremendous one. There's a lot of big launches lined up. Um, this year was sort of a threat. There were great launches, great games, uh, plenty I can name. Um, but it did, in a sense, feel like the in-betweener year before the next generation, kind of like how we had um, last time uh, with the 360 and PS3 before transitioning into 2013, um, where we started to see like a really last good year of games before the next generation had launched. Right. So, uh, ultimately, I think Doom is in for a little bit of competition, um, and I think this will lead to monetization. I'm not saying that because I've heard anything. That's that's just my own speculation. I really think um, the only way that they convinced Cinemax was like, hey, okay, we'll, we'll put some skins in here, some cosmetics in here. We'll make it up in the long tail and try to keep people engaged. Because there is like a substantial interest in Doom Eternal, but I don't know. I, this is a series I've, I've had uh, struggles gauging how successful it will be sales-wise. Because... You know, Bethesda has published a lot of really good games in their history. I'm not talking about recently, but the original Wolfenstein games like uh, 1 and 2, although 2 is a little mm-hmm. controversial, but Prey, really good. Dishonored, really good. Dishonored 2 I thought was really good. Um, but all these games consistently didn't sell a lot. So I, I just wonder where Doom Eternal really does rank in in popularity and how much it can sell. Yeah, and I don't think... I, I, I personally... I think if it had not been called Doom Eternal, but like Doom 2019 or or Doom 2, it probably would have had a better chance. I think do, uh, something about Eternal also sp- just makes people think a service game, a yeah. game that is going to be like spread out. And I, I haven't heard near, like, for example, I can't tell you the last time that I, I could look it up, but I, the last time that was mentioned in my Discord, like legit couldn't tell you. Yeah. I would say there's a higher chance of Rage 2 having been mentioned in my Discord more recently than Doom Eternal, um, and I do have some pretty big Bethesda fans, uh, and or, or yeah, a Doom fans, sorry, overall, but mm-hmm. they just haven't been talking about it as much. So yeah, that is true. Yeah, I mean, as someone who who ran, I, I'd say a, a centric Bethesda channel for a while. You know, I have a lot of people who still love Bethesda stuff, and if it's any uh, assurance on what you were saying, I, I haven't heard much about it either. You know, I, yeah. I think it's because. 
the the smart choice is they're getting it out of the late late fall because that can be really helpful like a Darksiders 3 where that game came out and did still managed to sell well for its own standards um so it's not like games are down and out at that point of the year uh especially when it was the one that kind of reviewed some said it was good some said it was eh I was one of the people who said eh um it still managed to find some some success um so it's kind of good that Doom escaped that part where maybe there's a little consumer fatigue um Mm. Because I think this time around, people are probably stuffing their cash in their pocket outside of a couple of games since early 2020 is going to be very packed. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, so it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. Yeah, I I just don't quite know where they're like where the focus is, too, because we really haven't heard a ton about the same. It seems like this game had a bunch of different ideas, too. Like, it was like, oh, we've got our single player, but we've yeah. got this eternal mode, plus we've got a multiplayer of some kind, and it just seems like it was a little watered down. Yeah, I mean, that's what I said. A lot of people really get upset when I say it, but I was one of the people who said I liked Doom, the 2016 version, quite a bit. I enjoyed it, and I gave it a recommendation when I, I had completed it. I just told people, hey, it's great, but it does get a little repetitive with its glory kills, and I started to see forum posts popping up when i was researching doom eternal recently saying how the glory kills already looked a little repetitive and how yeah how much fun could it be running around in a shooting arena where you're just blasting everything you're not really targeting like weak points it's it's sort of just fun fast action which is its own sense of enjoyment for a lot of folks so i'm not going to tell them what they can and can't find fun but i think a second time around people may not find some of the the main hooks in the first doom as satisfying because you know i remember when when i first watched doom in 2015 when it got revealed um by bethesda at e3 and you know everyone was looking for fallout 4 but that was the big shocker because everyone was like holy crap man like this game is bloody it's got some insane kills and so there was that uh wow effect going into it and by the end of the journey some people were like still into it people like me were not uh, I just think Doom Eternal can wear down people a little bit quicker now that they know yeah. what to expect. That's kind of what I've been trying to tell people. We like Doom was great because it was a good game, but there was this surprise factor the whole way. There was like the whole review copy fiasco at Bethesda. There was a lot of uncertainty about games they were publishing. They certainly weren't promoting this one. It just looked cool from a quick gameplay look. Uh, and it came out and it really wowed people with a meaty single-player campaign. So people are expecting that now. So how does... How does id raise the bar? And that's why maybe you're feeling a little bit of, uh, oh, they're sort of all over the place here. Yeah, it just definitely feels like even in their marketing Mm -hmm. and even when they've done interviews and stuff where I'm like, all right, I get what you're, I get the different things you're talking about, but it just never feels like, uh, also the single player stuff, they just never really showed a bunch, which might be Mm -hmm. why they're delaying it too. But it just never, it never grabbed me and made me go, I got, I got it. So just to list out some options so people know how crowded the beginning of the year is i'm just going to list some big releases january looks relatively simple i'm on game informer right now and it says dragon ball z kakarot is the 17th of january final fantasy crystal chronicles remastered edition is january 23rd and journey to the savage planet is january 28th now i don't know who's interested in the latter two i'm just interested in dbz at that point as a gigantic dbz fan uh, but when you move into February, it gets a little bit more cramped. There's Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, which is the new Arc System fighter, uh, which looks incredibly good graphically. Um, and they always make solid fighters. So that's February 6th. Then there's Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which is February 11th. Yeah. Another great looking game. Uh, Ori was fantastic when it came out, I think, in 2014. So 
Six years coming for that one. Last of Us Part 2, February 21st. That's a really big one. Gods and Monsters releasing four days afterwards from Ubisoft. That's kind of the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild inspired game from them. Then we move into March. Uh, Obviously, the games I listed there uh, have already been mentioned, but there was one I missed, which is March 6th. It is Watch Dogs Legion. So four pretty substantial games sitting in there. And then April 16th, I was correct, is Cyberpunk, but nothing else is sitting in April. So obviously the year will fill out with more games, um, but that's just something to consider for where Doom's putting itself. Um, I do think Ori's going to be delayed, by the way. Ori, Ori. Yeah, that, I could see that. Yeah, like there's been game. no mention. Yeah, there's just, yeah, there just hasn't been any mention of it at all. And, um, it, yeah. I mean, any. It's I've just really more... been quiet more talk of people wanting the switch port which eventually happened that's what i saw in the news cycle yeah. you know like leaks about that nothing about it hasn't really been about sequel. them you know and what mm-hmm. they're showing yet or anything yeah i mean it could be early but i think by now we would have got something and it just feels like maybe behind the scenes maybe they're just heads down that's totally fine could be but it feels a little bit like maybe um, wasn't there... that'll just be quietly delayed wasn't there a game uh well, look at Biomutant. We still don't even know where that is. Yeah, wow. That's a, that's, that's a really good one. And I was thinking of a game that got delayed in the beginning of the year. I think it was like Super Meat Boy 2 or something like that. Oh, gotcha. Was I it? I don't follow that one. Is that, I don't that follow a, that is game. Is that a game that actually exists or am I thinking of the wrong one? They put out a letter pretty much saying, hey, we're going to delay the game because we don't want to burn out our workers and it'll be out soon, but you know we don't have a, a date for it yet. And then like it just fell off the map. I think it was Super mm. Meat Boy 2. Was it? Uh, hold on. Let me double check. Yeah, because uh, I don't... That's one game that I never really got into the original either. So I don't... I don't really know what they've even said. It was Super Meat Boy Forever was what it was called. Delayed, now launching not too far after April is what they called it. And I think this was it. Yeah, but I haven't heard anything since then. Interesting, interesting. Someone can someone can correct me on that. Tommy uh, says, "Super Meat Boy Forever delay." I'm terrible at estimating time, so I guess it was. Uh, <laughs> I guess it was delayed, and they were like, "Yeah, we kind of messed up on it." All right, so yeah, game delays suck, but uh, we want the game to be at its best, um, and and hopefully Doom Eternal finds some success. So let's move into our next. Oh, topic. I have a question. Oh, oh, One no, question. Go for, you. for it. So. Remember how Rage, we talked about that, like, so Rage 2 was hit and miss for people. Ignoring that for a second, though, Mm -hmm. I think everybody agreed that it didn't feel like it was PR pushed near, like, what the expectation was. And we found that all this year, in fact. There's been some good games that, and bad games that haven't got the PR push. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you actually feel like Doom is going to get a PR push? Because that's another thing, that if they do move around the dates, you have to move all your PR, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And a lot of people, I'm sure, are putting their PR behind Cyberpunk, even if it's preview videos or top 10 things about, you know, cyber those kind of things from a lot of people who don't have, it's just them or it's just a couple people at their office, so they don't have a bunch of people to cover other games. Um, I think that's actually what I'm a little bit more worried about, is that they we won't see, like, a big amount of support. Right, like like in in like it heads up prior to it coming out, and I don't know why I feel that way. It just feels like, well, it feels like we sort of didn't get it, even for Doom. Now that I think about it, yeah, yeah. I don't remember so now that I think about it, 
Doom, we definitely can get a PR push. A lot of people were telling me in my video before the delay happened in the comments, they were going like, well, Maddie, they didn't really do this for Doom 2016. And I, I always go back to my statement of like, you got to realize different situation here that worked then yeah. to some extent will not work now. Um, yeah, right. You know, industry's a lot more cutthroat. So it just feels to me like there's a chance it's going to, it's just going to be out there. Yeah, because people are going to be like, oh, Doom came out. It, well, I, I feel that Rage 2 did get a good push because there was that uh, ARG happening that I covered where um, there was the leak out Walmart Canada and then the Rage Twitter account was active for the first time in I think like five years and they sent out a tweet to Walmart Canada saying like, hey, what's the big deal? And then Bethesda started tweeting out like little cryptic photos and like, like myself and a bunch of other YouTubers were analyzing it, talking about is this Starfield from Bethesda? Is this Rage 2? Um, and then there were a lot of trailers, a lot of like cool gameplay clips showing off um, what was happening with Rage, um, like in terms of powers. So I thought Rage 2 did get a lot of promotion. I just don't think it grabbed as many people as they expected it to because they thought, oh, open world guns, that should sell people. And uh, it sold me. I thought it was fun as hell, but uh, it didn't sell I everybody just, else. Yeah, Whereas, I, I don't know. I mean, I agree with what you're saying, but it feels mm -hmm. like that PR push isn't what I'm... Yeah, like, yeah, it and wasn't condensed. It was like a Twitter thing. Yeah, like it, it was wasn't it, like it was not boom, mass marketing. If kinda. that makes sense. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, mass marketing, and 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 you're not wrong for feeling that because that's what spawned my discussion this past week when I was talking about Doom and Wastelanders and them being oddly quiet about it. Because I said with with Wolfenstein Youngblood, that was a game that so many people mm -hmm. were like, "Well, wait, this is coming out," and like Bethesda talked about it not at all. They even gave it a very tiny look at E3 and. Um, we heard nothing about uh, these two games I was just talking about and where I started to note to people, when Bethesda's quiet, it's never a good sign. Yeah, you know, exactly. When they believe in something, like they clearly believed, I felt, in Rage 2, and I think it showed because I thought the game was fun. Not everyone thought it was fun. It wasn't a big hit. That's fine. But they clearly believed in it enough to put money into promoting it. But with Doom, obviously, uh, as, as Carrick and I have mentioned, we, we, we knew that there were like internal conversations going on about... A delay hitting this game so i think they were hesitant to start putting marketing into it and as time got closer it probably put on some pressure by the way this is not what i've been told i'm just guessing um it probably put on some pressure saying like we got a month and you're telling us like we can't delay this but now we have no marketing for our games so you're just sending us out to die yeah. so now you should delay this so we can market it and get the best product out so i imagine that's how things ended up but um yeah when it comes to wastelanders which is now bethesda's only fall thing uh, there hasn't been any promotion for that, which instills no confidence. I just feel they're a company that wears their heart on their sleeve in a sense where, which I know it sounds funny because a lot of people call them greedy, which I agree with in many forms. But you can tell when they believe in something and when they don't believe in something. It's very, yeah. very, very apparent. Um, so yeah, we'll see if if Doom just gets placed out there or not. I think it'll depend on their confidence in the product. All right, now we get into the PlayStation Five. Carrick, I have a huge write-up coming from Kotaku, which is just a bullet point article. It um, sort of breaks down everything that was in the big Wired article, pretty much announcing that PlayStation 5 is coming in the holiday of 2020. Um, and, and what a strange way to announce this console, I felt. But anyway, allow me to read the bullet points, and we'll get into our thoughts generally on what Sony's up to. Uh, it will be called the PlayStation 5 and be out for holiday 2020. Uh, the console will have a solid-state drive. Games will be released on 100GB discs. The PlayStation 5 reads physical media via a 4K Blu-ray disc drive. 
Um, as with games this generation, they will need to be installed from the disc, though Sony is now saying the players will have more granular control over which parts of the game they uninstall or install, aka the multiplayer, the campaign, etc., which I thought was really cool. Um, so if you want to sign in one night, say you're downloading Call of Duty, we'll just use that because that's on the head right now. Um, you want to play the multiplayer with your friends, you can install just the multiplayer, get that going, and then maybe go to bed, start installing the campaign, put your system on rest mode, and install that overnight so the next day you wake up and you can just get started with whatever you want. So a little more control there. The PS5's revised user interface will show more information about what can be done in a game, including the availability of multiplayer matches. Wired's writer held a prototype of the PlayStation 5 controller and wrote that it will seem similar to a PS4 controller. It will include a speaker, and here comes some of the jargon you'll see. Uh, start to see reporters and game makers using to discuss next-gen hardware. Adaptive triggers that can offer varying levels of resistance to make shooting a bow and arrow feel like a real thing. Wired was also impressed with the improved haptics slash rumble in the controller, reporting this of their time using it to play demos created by the Studio Japan team behind PSVR uh, game Astrobot Rescue Mission. On ice, a high-frequency response made the thumbstick really feel like my character was gliding. Jumping into a pool, I got a sense of resistance uh, of the water on a wooden bridge, a bouncy sensation. Um, For those of you who stocked up on micro-USB wires for PlayStation 4, too bad. (laughs) The PlayStation 5 controllers will charge with a USB Type 5. Um, Hey, I don't give a fuck as long as the controller stays charged. One yeah, studio no that is now confirmed as a PS5 developer is Bluepoint Games, makers of the 2018 Shadow of the Colossus remake. Said uh, studio president Marco Thrush to Wired, we're working on a big one right now. I'll let you figure out the rest. Uh, hmm, clearly a tease that Sony has bought the rights to F-Zero and is making a new one. Thrush that was enthusiastic about the speedier loading that comes with an SSD, noting that there will be less reason to slow players down in hallways and doorways to mask the new level, the loading of new levels. So, Open worlds become more open. Uh, Getting towards the end here, Sony's announcements today primarily uh, focused on the new controller, which is the main focus of the Sony Interactive Entertainment president Jim Ryan's blog post today. Game creators have started to receive early versions of the new controller, he wrote. We can't wait to see where their imagination goes with these new features at their disposal. With controllers going out, the news today seems designed to get ahead of any leaks of the device. We will have plenty more about the PS5. Okay, so yeah. Um, oh, and hold on, there's a correction. This post originally misstated the type of Blu-ray player that was in the PS4 Pro. Uh, the PS5's is an improvement of an actual 4K player. Okay. So that's all that's in the PS5. Just a general summary of the gigantic Wired article that's out there now that you can read for yourself. Um, Carrick, how do you feel about a PlayStation 5 this... Or, I said this fall. Wow, imagine that. Next fall. And... Um, are you excited by anything you heard in that article? Uh, I don't feel like we heard anything new, to be honest. Yeah, I feel like I've heard about um, haptic triggers from Xbox. Xbox already has the uh, the rumbled triggers, yeah. And they do help on racing games. Um, I will say that I hope there's a setting for easy, or sorry, for a medium, high, and low force for pushback. Because a person's probably, depending on how they play the game, may not want pushback on a racing game for hours. 
because just your finger, the difference between a steering wheel and just your finger is the finger muscles. Anybody who's played a game, for example, where you hold the guard down in a game mm-hmm. will tell you like their hand starts to hurt and it doesn't take very long. This would be a trigger that might be pushing back. Xbox already stated they were doing haptics, so they're sort of even on that. That Kutaku write-up also did not include the most, I think, stunning thing for me, which is that Sony has made it clear that they actually are just now starting on PS4 compatibility, and they do not know if they can do full PS4 backwards compat, which that was that was surprising to me. They did have a little hidden tweet, or not hidden, but it wasn't in the main, where it was like, we're, we're now starting on looking, we are now having our teams look into if we can do full compatibility on PS4 titles. So why would That's, they promise that first and then say that? That's I don't know, because Microsoft has made it clear they all will be. I don't know if Sony's got a title that they're worried about, which is possible that they've got a title or two that for some reason is doing something crazy. I mean, we've seen that um, this year, this, this sorry, this gen, where Xbox wasn't able to get one or two titles for IP reasons, which also might be what they're indicating. But he didn't say we're looking into it. He said the tech team, the actual like technical development teams are looking into it, which mm. is a little bit, that bothers me because I was hoping they would just be backwards compat. Like we'd just be like, okay, we, we now know it's backwards compatible. Uh, compatible. Um, New controller sounds good. Battery would be great, right? Like a better yeah. battery. I mean, and I'm not talking slightly better. I'm talking minimum 1.5, if not two times as long, would be sort of where I would want that controller to be. Um, speaker isn't surprising because this one has a, the little speaker in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, did they say anything about a touchpad like the original? No, they did not mention that. I, so I wouldn't if mind if it was it. pretty similar to the PlayStation 4. Like, I, I hope there's a share button again. I really, I think that was like a very, that was like one of the best natural integrations to a controller I think I've seen since I was a kid. You know, it felt, it felt very a part of what gaming is now. Like, pressing that share button, showing a gameplay clip, showing a, a screenshot that you just, you know, took. I, I think that was really cool. So I hope they keep that. Um, the reason why I brought up the touchpad is that might be the compatibility issue. Because if they don't have one, then you have games that are instantly not compatible. And I should know, I bought a custom PS4 controller without a touchpad. And literally a couple days ago, got a game that required the touchpad. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, like I didn't even... on, to get around the menu, you have to swipe the touchpad. Yeah, and some games are offering options where you can, you know, use other things. Sorry, my doorbell rang, so there dogs might bark. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, overall, I don't feel like we heard anything new. I feel like it's good. Like, we, we're hearing some. I also believe that a lot of it was um, because Microsoft is doing their X event coming up and that right. Sony wants to get in front of that, too. So, because I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of overlap, Maddie. A lot. Like, it's, it, I mean, it sounds like there's going to be overlap in the, the APU itself with, with Ryzen. And a, so, we're going to get a lot of hardware overlap. So, I think mm-hmm. it makes sense for Sony to just start blurting out the side stuff that they're doing. Um, yeah, yeah, and a new a new front end. By the way, I'm all for a new right. OS. I, right. I'm not a fan of that Spartan. <clears throat> uh, I don't want it Xbox busy, but I don't want it as Spartan as PS4 is currently. Gotcha. So, how do you feel that developers are just getting the controller now? Yeah. That put me in a little bit of a worried state. I was like, okay, if anybody's working, how do you work on a game outside of building, I guess, the world and writing the story? I mean, there's lots of things you can do in the game, but how do you start building that gameplay system or something unique when you don't know the controller you're working with? Do you think they just generally have, like, 
maybe PlayStation send them a design doc like, hey, they're gonna have it's still gonna have the X square triangle and circle button. We're still gonna have our our, our two triggers, our two bumpers, a D pad, and two analog sticks to design around that. Do you think maybe that's what they did? And and anything else as a bonus, like the haptics? Yeah, I, I just no. That's what. Yeah, that is what they do get. By the way, because okay. we saw that with Xbox, somebody released a design document when Xbox didn't know how they were gonna do their GPU, and it was like prepare for this, but it could possibly be this. And so when new, because remember, they're not developing on real PS4 box or PS5 boxes anyway. They're developing on like development boxes, which are usually uh, approximations. So, yeah, I would say that most likely we won't see companies take full advantage of either controller until their second gen games or unless in the next three or four months they start. But when you look at game generation, we're also probably seeing probably going to see a lot of games that are just really better looking ps4 and xbox games just due to the length of time amd has taken to get the chip exactly that these two companies want because they i mean people don't realize like watchdogs one of the major issues with watchdogs one and how it showed up at e3 versus what we got was because originally the console manufacturers were touting a higher gpu ability Mm -hmm. in both of the consoles than we actually got so things were started to pare down um yeah i mean yeah, not too surprising. I think I think the one thing I want to know, I don't know if you saw the rumor, but somebody else had posted who is a rumor, successfully has rumored about prior stuff. He posted that both of them are also focusing heavily on streaming. Um, like which Stadia makes streaming, you mean? Or like PS Now? No, like, 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 uh, like Twitch. Oh. Um, they, both are, they both will come with cameras. They and the Xbox camera supposedly, at least this leaker, who again has been successful, doesn't mean he is, and doesn't mean this is final, but stated that the Xbox one is uh, particularly much more robust, which makes sense because Xbox owns Mixer, so that doesn't surprise me too much. Um, yeah, the Xbox side does make sense. Yeah, that's I yeah, didn't think of that way. That's a good point. I, I I think if they all come with cameras, we'll have what we got with the PS4, where some games will use the sensor and the camera, and some games will use the camera to do this mm-hmm. or do that. Like all, all all that. I think we're gonna see a lot more tr- uh, uh, streaming capable stuff, like the share button. Like you said, their share buttons are not gonna go away. Even though on the Xbox, it's the same thing, but they have the big X button because technically right. Xbox has three buttons. I think it's like isn't it like a combo you have to press to get like the no. share? Oh, you just not... press the middle and it pops up and says, "Do you want to share?" Okay. So it, it it is the share button. It's just when it pops up, you can share, but you can also see the OS. That's the only real difference between the PS4 and the Xbox. Hmm. Um, so it makes sense. I think all that stuff, like there really hasn't been a surprise because we still don't know anything about other than the uh, CPU. They did state as X or eight cores and sixteen threads. Um, we still don't really know what that means. Depends on what they've chosen speed wise. So technology-wise, it's a little questionable still. Yeah. Do you think they're going to hit us with that, like, when it's a big re- official reveal? I think that's – I'm trying to remember back to last generation, like, w- how late that took for that type of stuff to come out. I thought that was later in the in the cycle of news. It was E3 for uh, – because no one knew everything until E3 for the uh, Xbox. Because remember, they had the big debacle of the yes. Kinect being installed. I would assume Microsoft at minimum, if they don't do something at their X event, which they seem to be pushing that they'll do something, I would assume all the locked-in stuff will actually still be D3 for them. With Sony, I don't know how they'll do it. They seem very blasé. Also, one thing to remember is Jim, uh, what's his name? Jim Bird, uh, the main, Jim Ryan, he's also the one that stated very clearly that he believed backwards compatibility was was not usable at all and that it was just sort of a fad. 
Um, mm-hmm. Some of the stuff between him and Shane and what they said about gaming, I'm not 100% sure I'm behind what Jim said. Just tracking what Jim said in the past has been really weird. Right. Um, so I'm hoping Shane had a say in a lot of this stuff, at least at the starting, because it feels He's like talking Shane about Sean Sean, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah it seems like sure. uh, that's all right. It seems like he was just a little bit more of the typical Sony guy who's like first parties and they need to emote. You know, he was a little softer. Uh, and it seems like Jim's a little bit more like hardcore, uh, like hardcore, which I'm not 100% sure that really fits with Sony, to be honest. I don't know. But, I don't know why they have that approach either, especially when you're yeah, leading I, the race. You know, you. You don't get complacent or comfortable, but you go, okay, we have this position. How do we make use of this now? Yeah, that's yeah. sort of why you fight to get in front. So you, you, you get put in a spot where you, you have the resources and the means to stay up there. Yeah, um, you exactly. Can, you have to work just as hard, which can feel a little weird. You're like, why do we got to do this? We're, we're in front of everybody. But um, yeah. I, it's almost like you have to work harder in a weird, like, yeah. or, or you should at least. Yeah. Because then just, you don't the have expectations that, are high. You just don't have that sole, like, we'll say Microsoft reasoning where it's like, man, we really fell behind. You know, we're yeah, doing so great we for our own standards. Do a bunch of shit. But yeah, now we got to, like, keep pushing Sony out. So um, really strange. And speaking of strange, what did you think about. Because um, I made a whole video on this, so that's why I'm sort of like firing questions at you mostly. Um, what do you feel about how this all was announced? Like another Wired article. Um, it felt low energy, and obviously, as as Kotaku stated, and I would agree, it was to get ahead of some leaks. Um, but it's it's one of those situations where you know, even in the PlayStation blog, they're like, this this probably isn't a surprise to any of our our PlayStation fans. Um, and since that was the case, then why would they try to get ahead of leaks if they agree as well? It's not that big of a surprise. Like, um, I just didn't see a point in in posting this article just to talk about an SSD, um, the drive, and the controller. No, I agree. I don't. I, other than um, him leaving, and maybe it was more about uh, switching the conversation onto the hardware versus the person. Awesome. Because remember, that person leaving. I mean, that caused. It wasn't handled like any other person leaving that we've seen leave a company it was like here's a thing so it does it you know we we just don't know but it is a weird article to just be like hey yeah everything you already thought that's pretty much what we're doing thanks and which like you said is not the sony event of the past yeah and i can understand why based off how they had a little bit of a bumpy ride when it came to um you know, recent events will say like state of play hasn't been a big banger. Their last E3 was not good. I can understand why they're like, let's just not do the public showcase thing. But, um, like you mentioned, it felt distinctly low and different in a, and not a good way. Um, but we do have a number of questions to go through from a lot of the patrons. Uh, as you guys know, we like to include you as we go along in the show. So a couple of our topics you participated in. The first one comes from Black Dow. He asks, what are your predictions for a PS5 launch title? It's a really mm-hmm. good one. I've had one prediction for two years. No, two year and a half. What's that? A sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn. I genuinely think that will be a launch title. Knack three. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could be. I don't know. Do you think it'll be an actual, just because of the way the story wrapped up in Horizon Zero Dawn, do you actually think it'll be a sequel or a spiritual? 
Like sequel. I think sequel. Direct sequel. Because they kind of did a... Well, actually, hold on. I never played Frozen Wild, so I don't know if that picks up where the main story ends. It's a side story. It's a side story? Then I definitely think it'll be a direct sequel. Yeah, I don't know. I just... we We haven't heard anything about that game and those guys have still been releasing updates for Horizon Zero Dawn. They have? Um, yeah, little updates, like patches and stuff. I, I don't mean, like, D, you know, huge DLC by any means or anything right. like that. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess it could be. I never really thought of that game as being a, a release title as much as maybe a one-year-out title to make people continue to like a system, if that makes sense. Like, I get you. Kind of like you what know, they did with Mario Odyssey. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I would, I would be all for that. And, I mean, timing's pretty right when you look at like time frame that they could they could do it 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 does seem short though it just seems short again because i think we're just finding out some data about the system yeah i think that's yeah i mean i could be wrong i could be what's another title though that ghosts of tsushima we haven't heard anything about that yeah they could do us they could do uh you know here's the ps4 version and then boom here's the ps you thought the ps4 version looked cool well look at this you know uh that would work um it depends, though, because those titles aren't guaranteed success. They are graphically help some, but they do need good gameplay, as you stated with, like, Sekiro. You weren't a big fan of the gameplay as much. Mm-hmm. And it just because it looks good doesn't mean quite quickly it's going to be panned if, like, the the mechanisms yeah. aren't right. So it'll be, it'll be interesting if that ends up happening, because that'll be Sucker Punch launching one game in the PS4 gen. If, let's say they do actually end up becoming a PS5 launch right, title. Right, that's true, though. They would have only gotten... If you want to count Last Light, the little spin-off arcade game, mm-hmm. I, I guess, you know, sure, uh, they launched too. But if they actually push it back to the PS5, it took them a whole generation just to get Ghost of Tsushima out the door. That's true, yeah. Now, that that'd, is, be, that'd be interesting. Yeah, that is a good point. It's, it's definitely taken them a long friggin' time. That's why they should just make Sly Cooper. It ain't complicated. It's a very, very obvious choice. Very easy idea. Um, Brown Ninja 97 asks, One of the main advertisements of the PlayStation 5 thus far is the dramatically increased storage speed. I expect it in some form of a, uh, I apologize if I say this in a, a newbie way, PCIe SSD. Am I like, was there like a word there I should have used or nope that's that's okay, just one the letters of the types of memory yeah. okay my question is how do you think games will adapt to the best uh, to best utilize that speed uh, I'd expect LED distance uh, texture resolution and loading times to drastically improve but is there anything else hmm well LED what LOD LOD oh LOD yeah well LOD only improves if your GPU and CPU cycle improve and I don't I mean that they're not really like the problem with storage is people keep thinking it's gonna for example the spider-man demo they were like look at how fast this loads correct it does it for sure does load faster but there's other things holding it back which is the fact that if your gpu can't draw it it's not doesn't matter how fucking fast it can load Mm -hmm. your gpu actually has to deliver that lod and has to deliver the detail in between well didn't they like do a city fly through did that does that change anything no, it's, it's, okay. no, it's literally just, it, it does for that game. It'll say, hey, look at this. We can load this. That, that, all that kind of stuff all hinges on the lowest common denominator. And the lowest common denominator, if you put faster storage speed, um, you know, super fast burst storage speed and a good GPU, then it's your CPU that you have to worry about. 
Right. If it's not your CPU, you have to worry about your GPU. So everything has to be metered out. Additionally, we have seen uh, games that don't require streaming, that run off SSDs, that don't see huge improvements versus HDDs. Um, and some people are saying, oh, this will mean that every game on a PS4 will do it a certain way. And the first thing you have to say is absolutely not. Because mm -hmm. a third, if it's a third-party title... The third-party company is not going to say, let's ignore PCs, which have both HDD and SDD. Additionally, if they do change all this, you will not be able to use HDD as external storage because you won't be able to play a game from it because it will have vastly different performance. The cooler you make something sound, the more sense you have to make of everything around it. And what they're right. trying to do is be like, look at this magical thing we have, but they're not telling you is if you want external storage, you're most likely buying it from Sony and Microsoft, and mm. it's going to be as expensive as fuck. Just like the um, old PS Vita memory card. <laughs> also, remember, USB-C even isn't fast enough to catch up with, like, NMV memory. Mm -hmm. So what he's talking about is an SSD in your system. He's talking about 580 megabytes. A normal hard drive is 120, so it's four times faster. That makes sense. Interesting. NMV is 3,000. And that's what Sony's been hinting about. NMV also is quite literally considered the hottest component you can put in a PC. We're talking 90 to 101 Celsius for an uh, oh, NMV. Oh, when you said hot, I thought you were meant like, oh. I thought you were giving me a little sizzle word there. You actually meant uh, this is a hot object. <laughs> no, I mean it's literally so hot that Linus, has, uh, Text Tips, has done entire videos on just trying to get it cool to the point to where it doesn't bake everything else on a hard drive. Wow. Also, okay. you're talking about little consoles. You're not talking about a PC case, so it's even worse. Mm -hmm. So if you already have issues with cooling on a PS4 and it getting super loud when it's cooling, if you try to throw an NVMe, which is sort of what they're hinting about, then you're talking about insane, insane heat. If you're talking about an SSD, then the switch in speed is not nearly as dramatic. One is four times faster. The other is like fucking more than 15 times faster. And also throttles dramatically under heat. NVMe goes from super fast to insanely slow if it heats up. So your, your cooling system in your console would have to be incredible to make sure it never okay, raised above a certain heat. Yeah, so you have all these other things. And again, then if you get that all fixed, external storage gone because USB-C cannot write at that speed. Which indicates to me, did you see the hint where they're like, you can install stuff at different, like single player versus. Yes. You know why? Okay. Because if they do use external storage, you will actually be installing from the external storage, not playing from the external storage. <laughs> so that will actually most yeah. likely have some <laughs> kind of system that switches them. Because if you, you have to read their tweets and like, and get past their bullshit. By the way, right. if they've magically fixed all this, Sony would be the number one tech company in the world and they would buy everybody. Because these are issues that exist far past Sony. These are issues that every company has had for so years. So they're, they're kind of decorating what yeah. is common problems it's in Sony. a different light. Yeah, they're trying yeah, to sell you Sony. something. Yeah, they're trying to sell. And Sony's always done this. Remember, Sony was the one who tried to tell us the PS2 was so amazing, it couldn't be shipped to Iraq because they'd put it on missiles and launch it. Two things were wrong with that. <laughs> one, they're full of bullshit. And two, it wasn't even the same kind of processor. It was ridiculously blown out of proportion. The oh, cell yeah. processor, they would tell you cell that the entire PS3 was so fast because of the cells. What they didn't tell you is the cells were insanely low storage, like 156 kilobyte or some insanely small. They could do something really fast, but barely anything with it. Like yeah. there wasn't a lot of data in there. Yeah. Sony is really into that. And that's why I always warn people, 
you've got to watch what they're saying because purchase-wise, it could change everything. You, I don't know if a person wants to get rid of their seven gigabyte hard drive that they want external storage, use mm-hmm. it for external storage. Um, additionally, Call of Duty, the install speed or the install size. Did you see the big hubbub about that? The new Call of Duty's install size is like upwards of 150 gigs. Yeah. So I actually in, saw a VR game I was really interested in had a hundred gigabyte. Asgard's Wrath. Yep. Yep. Look at this yep. guy. I, Plugged yeah. in. Yeah. I uh, well, no, because I just played it. It's it's amazing. Dude, but I'm, no, so, I I, I want to get us off topic, but I'm I'm looking to buy a VR just for that game. It looks. Dude, it's amazing. It looks like, so it's, cool. It is a fir, fir, one of the first ever third party, whatever VR titles. If you get yeah, like, like, it's not Fallout VR, which was yeah. a, a port. It's like it's, an actual game. Yep. If if, yep. if you will. But yeah. Anyway, so tech. I'm excited for all this. We're going to see huge, dramatic improvements. But you you can't see any of those without looking at uh, either a consumer additional weight on the consumer for purchasing uh for example xbox used mm-hmm. to sell their own hard drives and i don't know if anybody remembers it was like 400 dollars for an external hard drive it was ridiculous yeah. yeah um so there's all these other little things that come up heat being one of them see now i just want to say this before we talk any further about uh the playstation 5 ladies and gentlemen if there's ever any question which there isn't but if there ever was on why Carrick is a co-host <laughs> <laughs> that that little oh, spiel I'm there. A nerd. <laughs> that little spiel there. Look, I, I can give you guys some business talk. I can talk games all day. When it comes to tech, I'm lost. And this man right here just fucking I, I feel like I know everything on the PS5 now. <laughs> I am more nerdy than Maddie will ever become. <laughs> that's what that's why oh. I got I got your little tweet when you were when I, I posted the fucking arcade cabinet. I was like, what have I done? You're like, you're now a nerd. Well, yeah, exactly. You've now you've you you've come into you've come into the group, my friend. <laughs> Sit down. Sit down, put on your nerd cap and let's go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's cool too because everybody's really excited, which is going to be great. Um, uh, you know, I just want people to be contained excitement because I've lived through Sony. Well, you have two now. PS3 and then PS2, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've been around. Right? I, Not I PS1. Just only, only, yeah, the only yeah, I was going to say the only one I didn't get it yeah. on was But PS1. I mean, we've lived through this I guess yeah. layer. My time. my first like genuine exposure to a console generation launch was the the PS4 and Xbox One in all actuality. Was I was there for the 360 and PS3, but I didn't care because I didn't want to spend that money on the games and the console. I remember I I, I said it in the I just said this also in yesterday's video. I didn't buy a Xbox 360 till like right at the end of 2008, like beginning of 2009. I was playing my oh, PS2 wow. up until then. Yeah, I, I was like a very late adopter because I didn't want to spend the money on a system. I was enjoying games like Kingdom Hearts, Final Fantasy, uh, you have it. I, I was a, a a very big, like, nostalgic-based gamer, I guess, if anything. Um, even when my brother got his Xbox 360, because he got it on launch. I remember going to Best Buy with him. Mm-hmm. And I remember playing Top Spin and Halo, Um and it wasn't until I think like Call of Duty World at War came out, and I heard about Mass Effect from Bioware. That's when I got um, a 360. So yeah, I was a really late adopter to that type of stuff. So I really he was also. Oh god, no! I was just gonna say I really have not seen. I could have seen the 360 and PS3 launch from like a investigative standpoint, Art, but I just, yeah. I, I just didn't care, and I was too young. I was like, how old was I at the time, man? 2006, I think it was. So 13 years ago, yeah, I was I was a youngling. I was like 10, um, 11. He was also asking like what improvements we could see. If you take all that into account and you multiply the power right. and stuff, I think we'll certainly see 
the same games repeated. Don't magically think we're not going to see Call of Duty just now on a console mm -hmm. that, that looks better. I mean, that's another thing. But the side games, Sony will take advantage. Microsoft will take advantage of their tech. Um, yeah, I, like what else would we see? We see resolution crop up. You'll see... Um, see, that's the thing is there's still a game playing machine and then you get the same genres repeated. Like, that's one of the things I'm worried about is somebody thinks it's going to change a genre, and see, I don't think we've seen yeah. a genre change. Yeah, that's the or, thing is, you know? is what happened in this generation leap from what I've noted was everything that couldn't be open worlds became yeah, open. Yeah, very good point. And, and so I just, I view it as, okay, what's the Bigger, next? Yeah, yeah, I think it just gets, I think now it'll get to a point where and it's not like the developer didn't have a choice now, but I think the more sensible upgrade was always size, give it a bigger world. But now it's like, yeah. do we go back to our more classical choice, uh, whether you're like, let's say we were originally a 2D platformer, we went into a 3D platformer now, we're more open up. Do we now go back to 2D and dedicate all of our power on this console to really nice graphics, really cool art style? I'm thinking like Ori, we'll say. Um, yeah, do, we, right. do we take that, add more tools in, and, and, and develop it all on a 2D plane? I think it now will go back to more of the artistic choice because there will be more power to, to choose between where you want to go because um, you know the ceiling only goes so high, right? We'll, we'll see those first set of games, and we'll keep seeing the bar getting pushed, and eventually there will be that game that's sort of uh, a Witcher 3, um, you know, what, what other games are out there? God of War that sort of caps out the system's power where you can see, like, it's very beautiful graphically. It's very open. There's complex gameplay systems. Um, there's just a lot happening on screen. It runs well. Um, so eventually we'll hit that point. And I think once we do that, you're going to start to see reverts back to old genres in unique ways. Like, I think because we're going to have more power on these systems naturally, I think you can see something like a stealth genre looking how it does in a, in a modern sense graphically, but having maybe the gameplay choice and freedom that people talk about with the, mod, the, old, the old Thief games and stuff, you know? Like, yeah. really, really diverse choices and, and replayability there that w just can't be there now, I feel. Yeah, no, I think like that's a good, good art style to supplement it, something like that. I think also when we put it together, there's a chance, like, you, you brought up probably the best point, was the main thing we saw was every game that was 2D go 3D. An open world like we did like every one of us was tired of hearing this now oh, this new game is open world and you're just like okay seriously mm -hmm. but i do get what you mean and i could see better uh tracking of ai lives so that when you go around a corner for example gta 6 is great or 5 but when you go around a corner a car behind you will disappear if you turn back around because it's it's taking it out of memory mm -hmm. so i can certainly see like persistent vehicles if it makes sense that also helped them because a traffic jam could be cleared up if you were over here and they didn't have to worry about making it look real um but i also think uh loading screens will be hidden better they'll still be there because you have to load a game it, even god of war loaded it just streamed and then we had mm -hmm. the one where they pretended you weren't loading but it, you walked into the big glowing thing and that was actually loading. Oh, yeah. um it, i can see cuts or like those loading screens like bethesda games open a door Oh, and you see a fucking thing. Yeah. Floating, you know, you play with it. That'll probably, I, I just, yeah. those will probably be gone or in, in some way it'll do a thing where it figures out where you may go. That's mm -hmm. the big thing now that I, when I was talking to a developer, he was saying the big thing now is guessing where a player may go. So if a player fast travels, they may load. But if a player goes into a building, they already think you might go in. So they'll preload 
and this could certainly happen on the new consoles, well, they'll preload the building because you're in the room and you're within 100 feet of it. They'll preload that, and that way if you go in that room, there is no load screen. Mm -hmm. All that kind of stuff. Even Bethesda, who has an older piece, uh, an older architecture, I could see some many companies doing that and then you have to account let's say we'll think we'll keep on the skyrim theme you have to account if while they're loading that in a dragon flies in at the same time yep. like how does the game yep. perform then and, and that's how you yep. test <laughs> yeah that's why that's why you have people do crazy shit in your games yes 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 um and jemima asked how do you think the next generation next generation of consoles will differentiate themselves at this point they seem to be going in very similar directions in terms of hardware at least yeah, I've been saying for a really long time that I feel the biggest differentiation you're going to see over time is uh, the games. It's just going to be like, what do you want to play? And eventually you're going to start to see that blur like we're already seeing with Microsoft and Nintendo. Because mm-hmm. these these companies are starting to just say, let's drop the pride, let's drop the console war stuff, let's see how many games we can get into people's hands. Now, it's a little different in the case of Microsoft because like Gears of War 5 had a lot of players because of Game Pass, but it didn't sell well. So Microsoft benefits more from getting it on more platforms. So I think you'll start to see Microsoft blur that line a little bit, um, where it just doesn't matter what console you own. You're just going to buy the game. Um, But it's also you're going to see a more service-y direction, like we we saw PlayStation knock down the PS Now prices. Um, I think that type of stuff is is important to overall keep in mind. I, I think the differentiation will also be in the terms of um, little things like the PlayStation controller had the share button, um, and I think Xbox had the ability to share, but it was it was like in a much more inconvenient manner until they patched it. Uh, UI was a big issue with the Xbox at launch. It wasn't just the Kinect yeah, and, the, UI and, the, definitely and the TV. Was. Yeah, like the the menu when you open up the the Xbox console itself was just not good at all. It was very confusing. Um, where PlayStation had a very simple crossbar, so. Those differentiations we're really not going to know until we have the system in hand or we get a preview of it, that kind of thing. Um, because that that just goes into... Because I'm sure they... there. I would imagine there has to be some level of communication between these two to know where they're where they're setting the bar, right? Would that be... A, or do, do they just both make their own systems and then out they go? Like, I, I just... I feel like... So the developers have to be on the same page as well with these two console makers. Yeah, I mean, and then also you have to figure that, um, so if you, there's a book about the making of the Xbox 360, mm-hmm. and when they talk about it, they talk about how, like, um, multiple, co- you know, multiple different manufacturers, or multiple different platformers, platforms will use the same manufacturer, and sometimes they'll be in the same building, and okay. they have to sort of hide what they're doing, but in the end, you only have a certain amount of tech. And so what happens is Sony and Microsoft go to AMD. They've both chosen to go with AMD. And they mm-hmm. say, our Delta is $400. Or sorry, not our Delta. Our AIM is $400. So what AMD will say is, here's what 400 can get you. And then Microsoft and Sony adjust things. Sony adjusted the okay. CU, which is the computational units. Microsoft added an older type of RAM so they could fit the Kinect in. So it, what, that's the difference between the PS4 and the Xbox overall is the slower RAM on the Xbox. So, yeah, they do have communication, but it's not like me. It's almost like my friend saying to you, are you mad at Carrick? And then me asking you, is that person mad at me? And you filtering the data to both of us to make us get along. Okay. So there's a a middleman, I guess. There's a middleman, yeah. But the technology and the price is the big middleman. Unless Sony or Microsoft says 600 bucks. 
if Sony or Microsoft adds 200 or removes 200, then you'll get Tiagra for the Switch at, at minus 200. So, okay. So that's, okay. You know, yeah. And that was actually and, kind of foolish of me to say now because I remember how the PS5 was like absurd, or PS5, PS3 was absurdly priced. And, yeah. and the 360 was in a good area. So and that was that's because there was but... a different price point they aimed and they went to different companies. Now they're not. Now everybody's yeah. AMD. And a- everybody can look at AMD and go, I can tell you for 200 bucks exactly what I'm going to get at the mm-hmm. base level. And then the companies go in and say, tweak it here, overclock it here. Um, so yeah, there's communication in that part. I think uh, overall though, like that's why we see that there's not huge differences anymore. Because they're going to the same manufacturer. It's very hard. It's almost like me and you buying a car. If I get the premium version or the V6 versus maybe your V4, but the V4 is turbo, you might have a car that almost goes about the same speed, but one's faster off the line, but in the end, you know, is right. is slower at the, at the top so, end. So there's me, a lot of overlap. Let me ask you a question that maybe some people are wondering. I'll ask for myself, though, too. Why just AMD? Like, why is there uh, no NVIDIA, for example? Because the reason pricing? why we don't have the original Xbox anymore and the reason why Microsoft moved on is because NVIDIA fucked them beyond belief. So bad that other platform holders even looked at it and were like, we'll never work with NVIDIA. And, and Microsoft stated it openly that we will not work with NVIDIA again. NVIDIA mm-hmm. fucked them over by not selling them the rights to the chip that was in the Xbox original. And they raised their licensing. So you pay a license mm-hmm. to say NVIDIA is in our system. Let's say it's a dollar. They were pricing it so high that Microsoft literally was losing money per Xbox original. They, they weren't allowed to shrink it the way they wanted. Usually you are, you are able to buy the license and say, okay, now like that's ours, we can adjust things. And they weren't able to. And NVIDIA is just known for that in the hardware, in, like in the hardware world, is just known for all kinds of issues. <laughs> yeah, and Microsoft, and especially Phil Spencer has been there for 30 years. So mm-hmm. I, get, I bet you that even if somebody else said, let's use NVIDIA, most likely, everybody said no. Also, remember, NVIDIA doesn't make an APU. AMD does. Hmm. So NVIDIA only makes GPUs. It, AMD makes a CPU slash GPU, which is what we get in these consoles. That's why you don't have a big graphics card you plug in. It's on the chip. Okay. NVIDIA doesn't do that. NVIDIA's main source is just video cards. Gotcha. And AMD does both. Gotcha. So that's, okay. that's why that makes sense. Cool. Okay. All right, that's all the questions we have for the PlayStation Five. Myself and the patrons included. Oh, now, what do you think it'll be? Oh, what do you think it'll cost? I'm guessing it'll 500. be 4.99 again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, 500. Um, I think. Is there any magic special thing you expect? Like, like, don't worry if you think it's unrealistic. But is there yeah, some? I'm like... trying to just yeah think as innocently as possible here and just go up with my my craziest dreams. Um. See, that's the thing. I I struggle to think of what I, I would really want because all I care about is the games. And I've, exactly. I've really enjoyed the games this generation. Me some too. really good ones. So I'm just sitting here thinking like, man, what? Because for me, at the end of the day, does a new console define that? Or, or is it the vision of the developer? Because Astral Chain, for example, is on a very not powerful console, yeah, but it is right. one of my favorite games in the last couple of years. Yeah, I fucking love that game. Uh, so does power really matter? And if so, uh, what would I do with that ex- extensive power? I-, I guess, you know, 
I think like when I'm on PS4, I, an option I'd really like is uh, you know share play is a thing, so I can stream my game to a friend. So if my friend's thinking about buying a game or or what I'm doing right now, mm-hmm. which we'll get into a little bit later on, is I'm playing Catherine Full Body, and I'll share play with my friend, and we'll just go through the game together. So it's kind of like couch co-op, but from a distance. Um, mm-hmm. I just like to include more people in share play, that kind of thing. Like sh- instead of like when I'm in a, a PS4 party streaming to one friend, I can stream to like three of them, and mm-hmm. we can all just play together. Uh, that way, I think that's always kind of fun. You know, you can pass the controller to whoever. That's a cool feature at SharePlay. So I'd like to see expansion on that. But um, I can't really think of anything, like, substantial. Because right now, I like what the PS4, for example, is doing. The UI is clean. Um, I'd like to see, if, if anything, and this has nothing to do with the console, the fucking servers for PlayStation to improve. They're, they're terrible. True. They're terrible. Um, I w- Okay, so is streaming yeah, from the console important to you? As in... What if you could have your, what if Sony and Microsoft or Sony, whichever you want to talk about, made a front end. So instead of using OBS mm-hmm. to do your front end and your graphics, you were able to somehow using a mouse and keyboard maybe or an online service, be able to make your own out overlay and just stream from your console with good sound. Maybe they fix that. Um, is that even on your list of give a fucks? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it would be cool if, like, they had, like, an actual Twitch integration right? Um, that had, you know, because here's the thing is, for example, you can stream from the PS4, but if you do with the PlayStation camera and everything, it's, like, this whole right side is taken up with the text, and then there's, like, a small yeah. block for you, and then the game's very shrunken down. It looks really weird. I, I would like it, yeah, if they had a full-on Twitch integration that allowed you to use mouse and keyboard to set things up. Um, you didn't lose, like, your graphics, your alerts and any of that stuff. Um, it was just like a full on dedicated integration. That would be really cool because then you didn't, you wouldn't need these external programs, which I appreciate what they do, but it's just a lot of managing and shit. Um, Mm -hmm. that makes streaming for me, at least I, I haven't streamed in a while just because I'm busy with my secret project and, and YouTube's been a whole full time gig. So between that, the Patreon and and what I'm pushing now, um, it's been like a pretty busy time for me, but uh, when I had time to stream, I'm just like, it's just such a fucking exhausting process to, like, set up all the programs, make sure everything's good to go. Uh, I just love to have that ability to change the title, change the game, click live, go. Yeah. So right. if that was that all makes- integrated onto one console, that'd be cool. I'd be for that. All right. Next news section should be a quick one. It is IO Interactive teaming up with Warner Brothers for a new game. Now, Carrick, I saw you actually send out a specific tweet about this. What do you What do you think of the news? I just think – so I'm not a huge fan of Warner Brothers, I'll, I'll admit, behind the scenes. Right, like I've dealt right. with them a couple times. However, I feel that uh, they were getting the short end of the stick on Hitman 2, not only in, like, ads, but in money. They had a bunch of money issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had all these problems. I don't remember the last time – this is just me being honest. I could be wrong – I don't remember the last time somebody bitched about a Warner Brothers game not getting money to be made. I really don't. I don't remember any company that I've dealt with that's got a Warner Brothers published title or whatever ever discussing money being an issue. And I would like to see a Hitman 3 where money wasn't an issue and a big company, Warner Brothers is big, a big company supporting it. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's uh, it's a positive and a negative. Negative just because I'm not a huge fan of Warner Brothers, but a positive because I do want IO to succeed. And I feel like that is actually a pretty good fit. I also feel like Warner Brothers doesn't 
publish a bunch of shit and that they would love to focus on a title on the off years. Okay. And they haven't been able to do that. And a Hitman title is a pretty big title if you PR it right. And they could be like, yeah, you don't have a Batman. But guess what you do have? You have Hitman 3 with all the money that they deserve to, to create their title. I mean, dude, Hitman 2 didn't even have cutscenes. It had fucking pastel, like, paper for graphics. Right, right, so the right. rest of the graphics looked amazing, and the cutscenes were like, it looks like it's from a fucking Genesis game. So, I, yeah, that's it, it's a did given Did you like take. Hitman 2? I did, yeah. Hitman 2 gave so much bang for its buck as well, because you could go back and play all the Hitmans. Or all Hitman 1 with the weapons from Hitman 2. So any of the weapons that were new for Hitman 2 were now in Hitman 1 and all their episodic. Wow. It was very, yeah, it was, it was almost like. all of Hitman 1? Yeah, and you could go back. Wow. And so there were new weapons. It would almost be like playing KOTOR 2. And if there was a new class, that class is suddenly available in KOTOR 1. And oh, KOTOR shit. 1 looks better because it's been remastered or whatever. Yeah, it was. There, dude, wow. Hitman 2 offered, uh, an, and remember, even though I liked episodic, I'll admit, Hitman 2 was not episodic, which meant you bought it, you got everything, as as well as those missions. And they're still, they just released a huge open world mission uh, two weeks ago for that game. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So they might, cool. the games must be doing decent, right? Like, they have to be if... I don't know, man. I don't know. That's, I don't know. I've worried about that because I haven't seen it on any... I didn't even the year it, or the month it came out. I didn't see it sell yeah, well. It reminds me of Control, out. you know, where you thought oh, it might be bombed. doing well, and yeah, control and then you look bombs. at those numbers and you're like, uh oh. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm st- I'm stoked for them from a purely they'll probably be able to do what they want uh, standpoint. Yeah, yeah, I think it's good. I mean, I don't I don't really have a ton of additional commentary on it just because. Oh, I, I wanted to ask you, doesn't it also say that it's a different IP too? So it won't even be Hitman 3 first. I think mm-hmm. they stated it'll be a it'll be a new IP. I would bring it up on my computer right now. Obviously I can't, but I believe it, it is new IP. Yeah. Because actually one of our our only patron question for this section was uh what do you think of the state of Hitman 3 is is that this new game that or a new IP this comes from 2R3M. So if it is a new IP then I don't believe it would be Hitman 3, well, not believe, it, it, it factually would not be. <laughs> right. Interesting. Did they actually say that? They did, actually, yeah. I just looked at my discussion I had with another person, and uh, it, we were talking about it, and it definitely stated, uh, it says, we're excited to work with a brand new IP. I got a, a PR from them that also said it. Wow. Okay. No, that's, and I don't that's think good. they're that's big exciting. enough to work on, Do you on think... Too. No, never mind. I was going to say, do you think they have any involvement in that Harry Potter game? Because we still no. have no idea where that is. <laughs> but we still have no idea what that is, yeah. No, just, but that would be <laughs> hilarious uh, if, if IO was working on that, because they've never done anything like that. That'd be so awesome. The Hitman makers are now making Harry Potter. Yeah. Now, <laughs> oh, my God. Fucking Harry Potter going around breaking broomsticks over McGonagall's head or something like that. Do you that. think that's done? Do you think that game... I haven't heard even a, rum, a rumor of, or a... a f- a fucking pseudo leak about that Harry Potter. Yeah, it's a really, really weird situation. And maybe it's because we live in a universe with Ubisoft where the second something leaks, they go, fuck it, reveal it. But yeah, like it seems like the adverse effect happened. They're like, nope, nope. Now we're locking that shit down. And you're getting nothing. Like, it's really weird. True. I don't know why they, it could have, it could have, there is a really good possibility. A lot of people don't realize how many games get canceled, but, oh, 
Yeah. You know, this could have been a old canceled game trailer because there were parts of the game that like face uh model wise we'll say like looked very rough off. Yeah. Yep. For for a trailer, it looked like an older game. It looked great, but it looked like an older game in a lot of ways and that wouldn't surprise me if we eventually found out, hey, this is actually a canceled game, but you know, then Eurogamer came out with like reports saying that yeah, it's it's something that's being worked on. It is real. It is coming. Um, and maybe those leaks just scared this developer, and now they don't know what to do because they had all the hype there, and now they feel like it's gone. I, I don't know. Really strange. Could, could have also been something where maybe it was a demo reel, uh, like um, where a company is working, but they're like create a milestone where you're like, what's your uh, what's your overall idea of what this would look like? Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, here's you know here's a like a fake demo because it's gotcha. not. You know, and maybe that's what it was, because yeah, it just disappeared, man. It's so so weird. Well, we'll see in due time. Any additional thoughts on this? I want it. Oh, sorry, no, I uh, uh, Harry Potter. Yeah, I, I want, want Harry it. Potter but, too. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm definitely interested in uh, IO. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't share as much interest, but personally, um, I'm happy to see them sticking around making games. Very good. All right, now we go to the section where we talk about what we're playing, and uh, that's, like I said, because it's a slow-ish news week in the terms of a uh, number of things to discuss. So we thought we'd get you involved in the conversation here from you guys on what you're playing as well. Um, so we'll just start off by reading uh, what you guys are are tinkering around with here. Let me open up my Discord on my phone, and we'll read some of the uh, the entries. This is a very patron-focused episode. A lot of interaction here. I think I was an idiot and completely closed the app. I did. All right, here we go. So we have Empty and Maid, who is playing through Banner Saga 1 through 3 this week and loved the fuck out of it. Yeah. I- I've only played the first Banner Saga. Really liked it, but um, I have yet to get into 2 or 3 yet, which I've heard are, are better and better each time. Yep. Um, Blade 98. It's just trying to get through Greedfall with the very limited amount of free time that he has, which uh, is understandable because they definitely undersold the length of that game. (laughs) Definitely a 45-hour one. Sorry, I had to have a a little drink there. Uh, Brown Ninja says, on a side note, I'm playing FIFA 20 and I hate it. Worst game of the year, not because of the pay-to-win mechanics or the bugs, not even due to the loss of licenses, but because my seven-year-old cousin keeps beating me. This is unacceptable. And I blame EA Brown Ninja. You should uh, retire and move on to other games. Yeah, it's time. Put up your, put on your old man socks. You're done. Yep, yep. Once the little kid starts beating you, you start to see your reaction time slowing down. Um, we all get there, and we all go, man. I remember the days where I was an MLG gamer. Kettle Corn says, I've been playing Greedfall per your guys' recommendation. I must say, I'm pretty blown away. You can obviously tell the game was developed on a budget, but I can't really say. Oh, I misread that. But I really can't see that they got anything wrong that couldn't be fixed by spiders getting an influx of cash. The storytelling is great and the music is awesome. I see a bright future for spiders and I can't wait to see what they come out with next. Thanks for the great recommendation. I don't know if I ever would have picked it up if it weren't for you guys. It's our pleasure. We love seeing a lot of greed fall love in the, in the patron questions. It's insanity, Maddie. Even my video for greed fall did way better than it had any right to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Same. A lot of people were very... Because that's the thing, is I think those videos did well because a lot of people saw it look good and were like, wait, wait, what is this? Um, Great yeah. game. Really good game. Uh, for those who are wondering, there are, I think, four or five... I don't know if that's the exact number. It's in that range, though. Four or five endings. Um, so everyone's going to have a bit of a different experience going into it for the most part. 
Um, let's see. What else is everybody playing? Uh, Mike Fury is playing and reviewing New Vegas before The Outer Worlds comes out. Going through it just makes me appreciate Obsidian even more and the fact that they only took 18 months to accomplish this. And then you look at Bethesda and they took two to three years and we got Fallout 76. I don't know. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I mean... The one thing I always say, though, because people always bring up Obsidian being God-tier because they made that game in 18 months, but they did say, like, hey, uh, that that's all we really needed for the game that we had in mind. So they weren't getting overly ambitious in the terms of, like, expanding yeah. Fallout. They were just making another good-ass Fallout game. Um, but those are all the submissions for what people are playing. Carrick, what are you playing, my friend? Disco Elysium, baby. All right, the let's craziest. hear about this weird-ass game. Craziest game I've played in at least a decade, if not two. So uh, I'm trying to think. Do you ever play? Did you ever do Pillars or Tyranny or a uh, little? Uh, you did Divinity. Yes. Original Sin. Yes. Okay. So you're a amnesiac, drunk, druggy cop, and what we're playing is a game that's about 70 hours long, from what I understand, and wow. um, it's based on a D and D world these guys made oh, for two decades, a decade right. or two. I think I know this and, game. But keep going. Sorry. So it's got so much lore in it that currently you're talking around one million to one hundred or one million to a million one hundred thousand lines of dialogue. It's huge, it's massive, and it's lore thick as fuck. But it's got some of the coolest skill systems you'll ever see. So, for example, every yep, one of your stats. Game. Yeah, okay. This game so every one of your fucking stats, awesome. It came out of nowhere too. Yep. Sorry. Go on. Yeah. So no, that's all right. So every one of your stats is like strength. You know, the typical strength and mm -hmm. and and and, uh, and intelligence stuff. But every one has a skill, and I think there's five per uh, per ability. But the skills, first of all, this is when you f start to realize right away something's weird. None of the skills are the normal named skills you would ever expect. Hmm. There isn't a stealth skill or a lie skill. There's something called like drama, and if you put your drama to, it actually warns you. If you put your drama too high, as in put too many stats in it, you'll walk into every event and be like, Sup, my name's Carrick, bitches! And people will dis <laughs> dislike you. But if you don't have a high drama, then when you go into events, sometimes you can't burst your way through a discussion by like maybe shocking them or like pretending to punch them or whatever. Like, mm. so, and every skill is like this, but none of them are named normal things. So, for example, Half Light is a skill that's based on your physical prowess, okay. but it's like your internal ability to sort of understand where you are in a situation by looking at somebody. So, it's these really obscure skills, but dude, I died because I read a book. I died because my casework killed me. I died from a guy smashing my hand. I died uh, by drowning hard? in my own vomit. Or is I this just like the ridiculousness of a D&D &D type it's, game? It's, it's the ridiculousness, but it's the fact that the skills are used in such a unique way. So, for example, it's very dark. You start the game in the underworld, and you have your angel and demon on your shoulders like a Warner Brothers cartoon. But they're really not because they're both really demons, if you think about it. So they're talking to you and they actively talk verbally. And like one will be all, stay here. You know, don't go out into the meat sack world. There's just evil people there. And then you'll have this other voice that'll be like, no, you should go out. And you have to, while you're starting, you actually have to pick and listen to these conversations and then decide, do you want to stay in the, do you want to start the game? Is it or all you voice? actually want to, most of it. Wow. And so. Finally, when you start the game, you literally wake up, ass in the air, whitey tidies, stained from multiple days of pissing yourself, beer cans around you, and you're upside down, the entire room's trashed. 
and you have amnesia and you're a cop. You've lost your badge and your gun and you have to solve a crime, which is a killing that's happened nearby. And a partner shows up who's another character in the game with their own set of skills, but you can't take over them. They're like a, a muse. They help you and all this stuff. Okay. But, but every skill and every interaction is so deep and so beyond even Divinity Original Sin, it would blow your mind. Like, Is this on the Switch? No. Same oh. question I asked today. Oh. Yeah, just PC. Sounds perfect um, for the Switch. That's why I So, asked. dude, this one conversation, I finally, after dying a couple times because I made dumb decisions, I finally make a character I'm pretty happy with. Crazy-ass skills. And I get my dossier of past murders and crimes I've solved. And okay. there's, these, there's these holes on the side. And you ask your partner, you're like, what are these holes? And they're like, well, depending on where they are on your dossier, it's, it's certain things. How many crimes have you successfully done? How many murder or how many kill how many people have you killed in the line of duty? So I'm reading this and I start to get depressed. My character's like depression skill starts going up because I'm <laughs> reading <a> it. <laughs> yeah, and I start going like, man, I'm a shitty person. I like I've killed three people. What the fuck? I suck. And then the demons come in and they're like, You do suck, kill yourself. Wow. And the other demon's like, Don't kill yourself. You j this is just your past. And then you'll look at another part of the dossier. And you'll be like, I didn't figure this murder out, but the answer's right there. And the demon will be like, exactly, dude. You fucking suck. And you're, you're slowly losing points. And you see them pop up. They'll be like, you're gaining points in, like, killing yourself. You're losing points in self-motivation and their skill names for all this. And look, no lie, I, I'm reading this shit, and I get to a point to where I look at my skills, and I'm like, I'm fucked. I can't continue to fail because you're, you're all you have is strength and morale as your two attributes. My morale was at one, one more, and I'd die okay. in some way. And strength goes down, you die too. So I fucking fail this skill. I probably should have succeeded as in I rolled mm. poorly because you roll stats. So every, every skill has one to six, and you roll a 12-sided dice. You add your six to it or your skill point to it, and you try to beat whatever the number is. And it'll show you on the screen what skill you're doing. And I literally six, or failed this last one, and it's like, I'm, that's it. I'm just offing myself. This is over. Wow. And you hear a gunshot, and a newspaper clipping comes up. There's, like, depressed cop commits suicide because he can't figure out, like, how, how he can't figure out a murder or whatever. So I'm like, okay, i got to start again. Wow. This kind it's of like stuff permadeath, happens. permadeath, or are you, you, like... So you can save. Okay. I fucked up. It's a long game. It's 70 hours. I, I fucked up, and I didn't quick save. And I warn people in my podcast as well, please, by all means, learn the quick save button. Because if you don't, <laughs> you can die without really, not instantly. Is it PC only? It is. Mm. It is. Um, but it's the thickest narrative ever. Ever. It's beyond anything Chris Avalon's even dreamed of writing. And I mean that. I'm not saying it's better. I'm saying it's thicker. Because there's multiple races, multiple political intrigues, multiple uh, groups, multiple lands, multiple thought processes for things. So those are the skills. Then you have a thing called the thought box. Anytime somebody says something that's above your ability to understand, you can add it to your thought box. And when you successfully think wow. about it over a period of time, you get skills for succeeding in it. But they also hurt you sometimes. So I have one called feminist agenda because I randomly lied to a guy about a, a, in a discussion i'm like you know why i don't like you because this girl doesn't like you as well and then it's like feminist agenda and i was like what i'll choose that so i add it to my thought box and a couple hours later it's like you realize prior to getting amnesia you were a, a militant feminist so we're going to give you a plus two to empathy when dealing with women 
but we're going to give you a minus one to this wow, other skill because so of this. crazy, dude. Dude, it's nuts. And by the way, if people freak about feminist agenda because of politics, first I want to say they, they take the piss out of every political stance you sounds could ever it. think of. Yeah, sounds it. Everyone. It's not about that. That name stuck in my head is funny because I love when people go after other people. And they're not going after a person. They're going after other people's politics, any politics. I mean, the if they, they're not playing favorites. They're going after everyone. Who gives a fuck? No, but I will warn people, don't play it in front of your kids. It is R-rated. It is very cussy. And they will say words that in our current world are not acceptable to say out loud. They'll cool. usually asterisk them. And sometimes you'll read it and it won't be said. But other times, like they drop C-U-N-T all the time. Wow. Verbally. So if you're, like, around kids, you meet this 13-year-old who's high on amphetamines, and you're trying to get him to get a body down out of a tree for you. And that discussion is one of the rankest discussions. And it's a 13-year-old. It's a typical 13-year-old trying to pretend he's cooler than the adult. It is so well-written, Maddie. Like, I was just reading this, trying to talk this kid down. Pretty soon the kid is yelling to the neighbors that I was trying to mass or trying to fucking pedophilia him. Like, fondle him. <laughs> then his friend comes over, and his friend's yelling, going, this guy's trying to rape my friend. He's going to try to oh put it in your butt. Oh, my fucking gosh. Yeah. And oh this 13-year-old escalates it, so I'm trying to back away. My cop buddy is like, dude, let's go. And I don't back away from anything like an idiot. I'm like, I'm not going to leave the conversation. I, I just want to get it back onto the, polit onto the police force issue. And I keep trying, and it just escalates. It just oh skyrockets until finally people are, like, coming out of houses, and they're all, what the fuck are you trying to do? And I ended up dying. I ended up basically <laughs> saying, like, my career was ruined because this kid accused me of doing this, and I ended up killing myself. It's Wow. So it's is that always, beyond... like, the end route, or is there actually, like, branching paths where, like... Tons of branching paths. Okay, Tons. All right. Multiple ones, because uh, I got through it the next time. Yeah, I was just making sure, because you said, like, both times, like, your end result was, like, my character shot himself or something like no, that. No, so... I would say, uh, no, you can lose, uh, for sure. You can be pulled off the force. You can be... Uh, there's multiple ways to lose. Okay. I've been shot. I had a guy break my arm and then cause me to have a heart attack and died. Oh, my gosh. Um, it is not Dark Souls hard or anything. It's just I am egotistical when I game play, and I think I can force through it despite my skills, and I can't. <laughs> so I kept going, fuck you. I know my stat isn't high. I'm getting through this because maybe I'll roll good rolls, and I didn't. Yeah. I rolled shit rolls multiple times, and those continue to hurt you. So gotcha. each time you roll a shit roll, you sort of get into <laughs> And you can come back out. It's just I didn't. Uh, it's so funny. Uh, dude, How much is this game? It's... 20 39 okay well worth it at least so far i haven't beat it yet but the amount of time i've spent i'm about 10 hours in i feel like i've seen a tenth of it and the amount of dialogue and repetitive uh re replayability mm -hmm. is beyond belief one last thing i'll say one of the coolest parts there's a set of footprints depending on your skill you can either guess every footprint in its size if you have a high analytic skill and you can guess footprints and use it later you can skip it and have your partner do it you can actually ask the kid about it. Not only that, every piece of equipment adds points to skills. So if you put on a pair of glasses, they'll add to drama. So the next time you come into a room with the glasses, you're like, sup? You know, like you're like a movie star. <laughs> and you even have narrative based around that. So if you put them on, you'll start being like, I'm a superstar. Somebody will be like, dude, you lost your gun. And be like, that's what superstars do. We don't need guns in movies. And people will be like, this is not a movie. But because you have a high superstar rating from your or drama from your glasses and maybe a trench coat you found you're like your attitude 
is dramatically like different. That. Yeah. Oh, uh, dude. I, got, I really want to play this game. This sounds this sounds right up my alley. It, it's are mind you going to review it in full, or are you just going to like I don't do know a... if I can finish it, because I was planning on leaving for the weekend, and right. when that went away, I'm trying to put everything, like, figure out what I can do cover. I, I probably will. I, I will. And I've done them here now and on a podcast, but I do want to do a video impression and just show some people some graphics, because, well, here, let me show you something in your Discord. Um, this is the skill list right there. That's just the skill list. Look at those names and tell me those names aren't, like, m- weird. Like, uh, I sorry, empathy I like... is normal. Oh, Actually, yeah, you, know you what might I'm gonna have to... Do? Can I do this off my phone? I can. Gotcha. Here we go. So right. there's, like, it, I would say, like, rhetoric sounds somewhat, but, like, visual, visual calculus. calculus. Yep. Yeah, and you're just like, what's this? What's visual calculus? Like, Esprit I sort of... Under- decor? Uh, esprit de corps is how well you get along with other police force. Wow. Shivers. But electrochemistry, shivers. And the first time shivers came up as a skill, I was like, uh-oh, I don't know what that is, and I don't know how many points I put into it. And you can't, like, I was in the middle of a conversation, so I can't look at the character sheet. Mm-hmm. Encyclopedia, that's kind of cool. Oh. Oh, and by the way, every single skill hurts you if you have it too high. So if you have too much encyclopedia... Is, is red, or is that just... Correct, because what will happen is if you have it too high, that'll take over your inner monologue. So, for example, I had encyclopedia really high, and I went into a place, and my encyclopedia knowledge just kept posting facts in the narrative. <laughs> it was like, technically, mud is created from dirt and fucking magnesium. And I'm like, no, I don't need to know that. And it was just filling it. So you want to watch what you, you're doing. How do you balance that out? Are those skills so, on the left, like intellect, psyche, can you increase those to kind of increase the threshold? Essentially, I have, uh, from what I understand, only drugs allow you to increase those. But wow. drugs, so they allow you to raise the cap, but drugs also lower skills. So you can increase physical by taking amphetamines, right? But mm-hmm. you'll lose mental skill abilities. They'll go down one. Okay. You can also raise basic things with clothing. Yeah, for sure. Clothing and items. You can de- so like like I said, some clothes will be like I've seen clothes that are like plus one to psyche, uh, logic. Um, not endurance, pain threshold for sure. Wife beater, by the way, those white shirts that guys mm-hmm. wear in like mm-hmm. you know in cops episodes. If you put one of those on, your perception, <laughs> That's a description, your, <laughs> your ability. <laughs> when other people see you, they'll call you dirty and stinky. Like they'll literally be like, "Man, you look nasty." If you show up, but <laughs> your ability, your physical ability to impose on others actually goes up. So it's crazy. You'll walk in, they'll be like, you look dirty. You'll be like, listen to me. And they'll be like, okay, man, okay. Because they don't know if you're like some psycho wearing a wife beater. It's just. I like that. Dude, it's, it's, it is nuts, Maddie. It's, I never expected it to be that nuts. But I think it's because it's an RPG. They've spent so much, you know, like your friends play. It's not D&D. like combat. It's just like. There is combat. Oh, there wow. Is combat, but wow. not turn and not. Um, I think if I remember, it looks like skills rules based. Yeah, it's not uh, – you're not moving your character. It's the skills being rolled in the narrative okay. description. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I've been playing. That it's it, awesome it's beyond again. belief. It's weird as – it's so weird. <laughs> I like the sound of it, though. Like, I, I, I mean, you convinced me essentially in 24 minutes. Um, for me, I've been playing – at least check it. Yeah, man. I mean, because the thing is, I remember seeing someone linked me on Twitter, the gameplay, and I watched it. I was like, fuck me. This looks right up my alley. 
and then I kind of forgot about it. And then you, I saw you tweeting about it. And I'm like, why does this name look familiar? And then you started talking about it here. And I looked up the the screenshot and I just, I, for, I can't remember how I could describe it, but it just, I saw it. And I was like, yep, this is the game I was, I was just showing a couple of months ago. And I was like, how did this fly under the radar for so long? Um, it looks perfect for the switch, which is why I'm a little, hesitant. I know. Yep. I agree. Hesitant, but I might I bite agree. the bullet anyway, maybe like in the winter. Um, for me, what I've been playing is uh, a little bit of Turtles in Time on the arcade machine when I want to, which has been fun, but more uh, relatable and more of a discussion-worthy topic would be um, I've been playing Catherine Fullbody, and this mm. was a, a game I ignored for a really long time because thematically, it didn't sound interesting. It was just... Right. I, I kind of always surmised it as like, this guy cheats, and you're going to figure out his love life. And I'm like, well, fuck cheaters. I don't want to fucking play that shit. Like, that was my actual uh, stance on it. And Full Body came out, which, for those who don't know, was kind of like the re-release with uh, brand new content. They added, like, new dungeons modes. They added Rin, which is another option that you can choose. And I said, all right, I got to have an open mind. I got to give this a shot. Uh, especially, it's from Atlas. Um, and a, a lot of people said mm-hmm. this is like one of their best games next to Persona, and I hold Persona in like very high regard. Like it's it's one of my favorite series of all time. So I was like, all right, if people are going to compare this to Persona, I got to try it out. And uh, I got to say, I was wrong. Pers- uh, Catherine Full Body's really good, really really mm-hmm. good game. So uh, much like how you described Disco, uh, you'll note during this conversation, there's really nothing quite like Catherine because um, it's like a puzzle game. But mm-hmm. uh, the, we'll start off. We're gonna keep this spoiler free. But like, the game sort of starts off where you, this guy's in the middle of like a. You can the the way that it's written, uh, you get this feeling that this guy's been in a long relationship. They're they're sort of going through the motions now. Uh, they're talking about their future. He's moving into the next phase of his life. They're talking marriage and all that stuff. And then uh, he's he's struggling with that. And then one night he goes to bed. He has a nightmare, which is where the puzzles come in. Um, mm-hmm. And the puzzles are just moving cubes in creative ways. And it's, it sounds so simple. Like, oh, man, I'm just pulling out a cube here, climbing up, pulling out two here, moving up a little bit higher, um, and creating stair sets and whatnot, creating bridges. But there's just something really satisfying about figuring it out, and that's coming from someone who hates puzzle games. Um, but anyway, he wakes up from this nightmare, nightmare, and there's a woman in his bed. And he was drunk the night before, but there's a woman in his bed, and he's like, who, who the fuck are you? And... And she's like, oh, I'm Catherine. So now there's two Catherines in the game. One's with a C, one's with a K. And, and he's just like, oh, my God, did I just cheat on my on, on the woman I want to marry? And mm-hmm. so as you go through this game now, um, you know, you'll, you'll end up at the bar and you'll have your phone out. You'll be sending texts to these girls. Um, you'll be talking to them on the phone. You'll be having relationships with, like, the people in the bar, which you'll see appear in the nightmares because the rumor is the nightmare is called the woman's wrath. Which is which is like all the ch- men who have cheated are, are appearing there, but then you start to see men who haven't cheated appear there. So you're like, what's going on now? Um, but those people at the bar are in these nightmares, and so they'll sit down and, and they'll start to vent their problems in the nightmare because all you see in the nightmare are, are sheep. Like that's what I'm saying. This game is crazy. Like you just see that's sheep. Right. They they don't see humans. You see yourself as a human, but so when they start venting about their problems, they don't know who they're talking to, and and, and they say that the um the people in the nightmare will never remember. And, and even your character doesn't remember, but you as the player remember. So when you see someone upset in the uh-huh. dream and they start venting to you, and then you see like similar characteristics of clothing in the bar and you go and talk to them, you're like, oh, wait, that's Morgan. That's the cop. 
He's someone who's gotcha. saying that he killed his wife. Why is he here then? And and you start talking to him and getting to know him as a person in the bar. And like, does he deserve this fate? And as you make these conversation choices, it's really not just like a, it's, I wouldn't even call it a dating sim in the first place, but it's not just about picking a waifu. It's, it's really about, uh, uh, morally guiding, uh, your main character through this entire journey. And as you make these choices, there's a bar that goes to the left or right, which is like your good karma, your bad karma for Fallout fans. And, um, there are moments during cutscenes where there's internal monologues and depending where you are on that bar, that changes and in turn the story changes um mm-hmm. and it, and you see uh very interesting perspectives on love on relationships and the way that you see vincent uh, mature and grow um it, it's very much a unique game and i i think it provides some really warped perspectives on love but it provides some really healthy perspectives on love and relationship building and it, it very much understands what it's all about from all facets even the fucked up ones and I, I admire the game for that. There's a lot of fan service in the terms of, well, actually legitimate fan service. They'll send, like, one of the girls who you, who you wake up next to in bed, you're like, what the f- who is this girl? And I've made the decision because, like, I fucking can't stand cheating. Um, so I'm, like, pushing her away. Like, anytime she texts me, I'm like, get the fuck away from me. Don't talk to me. Lose my number, that type of shit. And, uh-huh. um, but she'll send me, like, pictures of herself. And, and, and so there's, like, fan service in that way. And you're like, no, no, no. No, I don't want that. But um, on the other end, there's fan service like they have persona tracks in the game um there's like easter eggs all over the place uh that type of stuff so really unique game really hard to sell people on it though like i think even throughout this whole conversation you can't really sell someone on it it's something that once you play and you get a feeling for what the game actually is like it's not just it's not a dating game that's the thing because i thought it was that like oh this guy cheated he's an asshole and you're gonna and you're gonna pick his love life and it's like it's so much more than that it's that's really just one small facet it's kind of the core of the narrative and and some of the funny moments throughout the game it's a really funny game um but it's really about like the relationships and the humanization and and this this mysterious nightmare that's happening that's apparently killing people there's a lot of interesting things happening around the game that round it out it's not just about that dating so like i said really hard sell but really unique game what's it on uh ps4 is it a? Does it feel like a graphically? How's it done? Does it feel like a uh, a what do you call it? A, Looks uh, like Persona Five. Okay, so it's delivered in that. So you still. So it's more pictures and. Oh then oh oh it. oh. Um, okay, yeah. So I thought you meant like how does it actually look like? Gra- it's in the. I think it's actually in the P five engine when they remade it. I'm not sure, but. Uh, oh okay. Got but it. it look it looks like Persona Five graphically. When it comes to cutscenes, um, they're they're more fully animated than Persona. Um, it's mm-hmm. not just like the text boxes, um, it, it, and there are a lot more anime cutscenes than in typical Atlas games. So you'll you'll have a lot more storytelling coming in that form, which is nice. Mm-hmm. It's like a reward after the puzzles because the puzzles can get tough. I've I've been stumped by a couple. Uh, the good news too uh, is that because of so many endings, I was like, man, if this game's long, that kind of sucks. Um, it's not super long. I'm close to the end now. I'm about eight hours in. Um, nine hours in actually and it's apparent i think it's like a 14 hour game you know it's not super long and um the way i've been playing it i've been playing as a good guy and i'm like kind of curious as i'm going through it man you could be a real douche in this game you know there, there are moments where i'm like what if i was on the other end of the spectrum like this situation would be playing out in a whole different way right um so 
it makes you really curious, right? And and so I could see myself going back to it because right now I'm in that in-between phase. I'm just waiting for the Outer Worlds. That's that's what my coverage is kind of hinging on. That's what I want to play mostly. Um, so I've just been kind of biding my time clearing out games that are in my backlog. I had between Control, Chrono Trigger, and Catherine Full Body. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I know I know controls even shorter, but I was like, you know what? I'll give I'll give Catherine full body a rip. See if I actually like it. And I've I've loved it. It's it's been a really fun time, especially playing it. Like I said, in share play with my friend, we've been going through it together. So it's been fun to like laugh along with someone, solve the puzzles together, watch the story unfold. It, it's been a really really good time. Yeah, it sounds when the, when it comes to the uh, puzzles, when it com- are they always the blocks? Yep. But they'll change the block types. There will be traps or springs, ice blocks, blocks that don't move, blocks that move really slow. Um, I don't know if I mentioned bomb blocks, but there are those as well. Um, And then there's little collectibles as you go up the blocks. There's power-ups you can get, like jumping two blocks high or putting down a a block that creates another set of blocks so you can create extra bridges um, to help you get up. So you're always just scaling upwards. And it doesn't sound fun. Nothing. I'm, I, I understand how people are probably feeling as I go on about this game. Nothing about it sounds that great. It, in all actuality, it, it's a very weird game. It's a tough sell, but if you do give it a chance, I don't think you'll regret it. It's definitely. I don't feel as confident about it when I suggest it, like a Dang and Rapa. I'm like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a weird pick, but that's a game I know if you give it a chance, you'll like it. Catherine's like, if you like the whole building relationships with random people, and I'm not talking girls, just like relationships with. Um, other folks and seeing them kind of get overcome their turmoils or I, I think I'm at, I imagine if you go the other path uh, of a more negative path um, these people will fail in overcoming their, their demons um, you know I, I think uh, that may not appeal to everybody uh, especially because puzzles are a little more niche but if you can get past that uh, you can find a game here that you really enjoy interesting. Re- really I, interesting. I, honestly when you said you were doing the, the the puzzles and they were blocks and you woke up having possibly had sex, I legit thought you were going to explain to me that that puzzle, once you got out of it, was like you inserting... No, 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 I, no, no. And no. I was like, that would be crazy no, if like, be, uh... all the blocks had something to do with the, this other alternate world and that... You know, you were having sex oh and God. didn't realize oh it. I, I just thought that's I sort be, of a missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I, I, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the day the game ended up like that because, like I said, it's very thematically driven. Uh, it, it's very creative. It, it's so different. Um, yeah. But it's it's such a – I can't emphasize one thing enough. It is a funny game. It definitely ranks up there with, like, games that have made me laugh out loud a lot, like South Park, Borderlands 2. Like, it's a funny game because um, you just see this main character get into these – situations and the how well acted it is um and and the shit he says just he's i don't know it's so human that's the thing i think that's what i like about the story so much it's such a human story um despite some of the supernatural tendencies it is included uh it's very much a human story and i i like that a lot it's it's kind of different because persona is always like you know oh persona and you're ripping off masks and you got these crazy creatures and and the school life is like what's cool about it so i just think atlas has a good grip on making like these very uh humane interactions it's a really cool game uh, i'm glad i gave it a shot but that is that what i'm playing as fuck i want to be playing asgard's wrath though for sure that that game looks fucking cool Dude, it's crazy, too. Like I was telling you prior to the thing, it's so, you know, uh, Insomniac, I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember this, but Insomniac did do a full VR game uh, called Edge of Nowhere. And that, yeah. 
it didn't really set the, it was a third person vr which is very disconcerting if you play vr it can make you pretty ill playing a, a, a third person vr game because vr is more about looking through a person's eyes yeah um so i didn't know you know what we would get like it, how long it would be till we got a through a, a full third person you know style or sorry a full triple a style vr game but it's nice and the game is reviewing really well from so everybody like 9.4 at ign i think yeah i got a very high score from them and then what was interesting was also the vr companies as in those who cover vr normally mm-hmm. they all rated it high um which usually doesn't happen because like maybe somebody will like astrobot if they're new to vr but then somebody who's done vr maybe isn't as like impressed or whatever okay uh, but but here it seems like with this game in particular, I was really surprised to see those reviews and how well it was doing. And then I checked it out, and yeah, it, it's it, it's not perfect, but it's definitely, you can tell it's a full game. Like, it's not an experience game, which I think a lot of VR titles are. Yeah. Shorter, uh, they're not as in-depth. This one is like a full game. And I, nice. from what I understand, did, did you see the length of time? 30 Somebody, hours. That's what, yeah. that's what caught my attention. I was like, 30 hours in a VR game? Yeah, other than Fallout, other than X uh, Rebirth, which was a port, both those were ports. Skyrim's a port. Um, you don't, you don't get that. Yeah, you don't get those. Seems games. really unique. So, why did you like it when you saw the? What did you see? A review, a picture? I watched what? some reviews, and I was just like, you know, this is what I wanted. That's that was my thought mm-hmm. when I saw it. I was like, this is why I held out on VR because I wanted an actual game. Game, you know. And there mm-hmm. have been games, but like you said, that it's like. Uh, What's Ports. the game where you hit like the beats and stuff? Uh, uh, beat saber, you know, you, yeah, yeah, like experience driven ones or or temporary little fun gimmicky ones. But this is like, wow, it's an actual game and and it's a well realized world and there is lore and and there there is like a right. cool combat system that does have the VR functionality. And I was like, I could see myself loving this, like, because that's I've always been sold on VR as fun and and elevating games. Absolutely. I've always... The only reason I haven't invested in it is because there hasn't been, like, a game like that where I looked at it and went, okay, that looks really good. And I'm not just talking graphically. Like, that... I want to be in that world. I want to explore. And when you have that headset on, like, that's all you're seeing. It's not like you're seeing the light off to the side, your game rack in the background or whatever. You're just seeing that game world. Like, you're there. And um, I think... Based off how great it looks, I mean, that can help out a lot. And, and the combat looked like it had its own rhythm and flow. So it just looked like exactly what I wanted. So that's why I'm already, I've, I started looking into VR again for like to get an Oculus Rift because I was like, all right, I think now, now I got to get ready to pull the trigger within this next couple of months. Yeah, it's crazy um, just how much something like that when you finally see it, mm-hmm. um, and and see a game like that, how much. I, I personally feel like this will probably help all VR. It's not yeah. only that game. I mean, D, DCS got released, and it's fairly it's fairly good in VR. But um, it, there hasn't been a big company other than Sony with Astrobot, and it's always been PSVR, which, not to be rude, but is so rough looking. It's yeah. hard to sell it, and that game doesn't really look rough looking. It looks like like looks you said, clean. A full it looks yeah, it looks like a full real title that is taking advantage of like high def headsets on the pc yeah i agree 
All right, now we get into the patron questions. Let's get this one started. We're going to do a sort of rapid-fire fly-through because we're about two hours in now, and we're just starting what normally oh, is our, our oh, longest shit. section. Yeah, I know, right? That's why I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> we have such a short list of topics that we always find a way. All right, Garrick. Uh, Sci-Fi Man asks us, what are we doing for Halloween? And then do you expect Bethesda to monetize it? And three shout-outs to your reviews lately. The unbiased work has been much appreciated. Well, thank you, Sci-Fi Man. So, what are we doing for Halloween? Uh, I just want to watch some flicks. Yeah, I we I try to celebrate it, but my, my wife hates it. Um, she's not a big Halloween fan, so I think I'd be like you. I'll probably watch a movie, maybe. Mm. Um, maybe do a stream. I've thought I've talked about that with, but it wouldn't be me. It'd probably be the patrons, and I'd sit in. Or, I don't know. How about Until Dawn? Would you play that? Um, are you a game player who plays certain games based on the uh, the season? I I like that. Yeah, I like that. For example, I always liked saving the level of bully, uh, the snow yeah. level. I always a- 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 amen. Yeah, yep. the, I think it was uh, where you you fight the gnomes or something like that, or or something like that. I forgot it, but um, I remember using that one for actually a video uh, a while a while while back. Um, yeah, so I remember doing that. I, I like the idea. I played Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon on my DS like a couple of oh, Halloweens cool. ago. So yeah, like I like to do that type of stuff. But um, I uh, Bully also has Halloween. Remember where you does. dress up, yeah, like the Karate Kid guy with the skeleton yeah. <laughs> suit and shit like that. So good, so good. I just wanted to watch House on Haunted Hill. So like, I think that's gonna be what I what I do. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, my wife doesn't like horror stuff, so usually... I, I usually don't, do that but, on my own. but that movie, like, oh, man, I used to watch it all the time when I was a kid. Look how great I turned out. <laughs> uh, Natural exactly. Clamity says, I have a, fan- a withdrawal with fantasy games. Is there any fantasy or medieval games I should look into to fill this void in my life? Greedfall? Yeah. Yeah, that was my answer. Greedfall is what you're looking for. It's a mixture of, exactly, you said fantasy or medieval, try both. That's Greedfall. Yeah. Black Dow said, asks, how much do you think Final Fantasy VII Remake will affect the development of Final Fantasy 15, or 16? Sorry. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's going to be set. I think they're separate teams, aren't they? Yeah, they should be. They're separate teams. I don't think it will impact it at all. I think, if anything, it gives so 16 some necessary breathing room because 15 yeah, is true. really good at launch and and over time, as I played it more and more, and I went back for updates, I don't regret playing it a lot. I don't regret recommending it, but I definitely am not as big on it as I was. I think the combat needed refining and testing for people to be like, hey, we shouldn't have the block button show up in the middle of the screen, and hey, we shouldn't have just holding circle be how you attack. I think there's a lot of fine-tuning needed to be there. Um, more in-depth side quests, you know, stuff, stuff along those lines, um, which I think having, like, a remake in between that, even if it's a full-scale AAA production... Um, I don't think that would hurt at all. You think it'll impact 16? I don't. Uh-uh. No, I think they're separate teams. They're probably unconnected mm-hmm. as you could be. That's the thing about Final Fantasies, right? They're always unconnected anyway. Other than, yeah. obviously, there's a couple, the X series. Or, I know mm-hmm. that a couple are, you know, technically connected, but that's their strength. They just call it Final Fantasy. It's all fan-based now. Like, the love mm-hmm. of fans. They call they could call a fucking wrestling game Final Fantasy, and Man. people still be like, what? There's a new yeah. Final Fantasy game? So, 
Paul asks, do you believe that voice acting is a realistic career choice? I'm just a 20-year-old who can do a few accents and impressions. They're passable to an American, but probably not to anyone outside of the country. I was also a drama kid in high school for four years, so I've got some minor acting chops. I'm just wondering if it's even worth pursuing. I haven't gotten a single fucking clue as to what did, what I want to do with my life, and this is the only thing I could feel I could be passionate about. Be brutally honest with me here. No sugar-coated bullcrap. Just give me both barrels. Apologies for the drawn-out question. I hope you are both well. Well, no, dude, we have... No problem with that. We, we we love to help out our our patrons here. Number one, you're 20. Uh, you're, you're, it takes a while to figure shit out. Not everyone has it, like, together right away. Um, certainly, I wouldn't have if, if YouTube weren't a thing. I, I genuinely would be like, there was a reason why when I was in college, I was taking general studies off the bat because I didn't know what I wanted to yeah. do. I didn't feel passionate about anything outside of video games, and I didn't think it was realistic for me to get a career in video games. Fortunately, things played out. Thank you all for supporting me and uh, Carrick as well to to get to this type of point. But, um, you know, sometimes things play out that way. What people forget with voice acting and voice work is it's not just being, like, a character in a video game. Like, there are commercials. There's radio stuff. Like, there's a lot of work you can do with your voice if you're passionate about it. Like, for me, I think I could do a couple of characters in a game with the amount of voice work I do, uh, I guess, do in a sense, um, through my, through my, my YouTube channel, I change, not change my voice, but I'll, I'll elevate it sometimes. I'll deepen it. Yeah. I'll give it a different tone. And I think it would be more fitted for advertisement work for, um, promotional work, but I'm sure I could do some characters, but people take a very narrow look at that. So that would be my advice, man. Like don't just limit your ability to that one thing that you can do. I have a, uh, uh my, one of my dad's good friends, um, does voice work and and he does like voices for the radio he does do some video game characters um but but most of his work comes through advertisements and um i've always viewed personally and it may just be because of my current standpoint in my career but i've always viewed my pursuit in voice acting as a side gig not something that is my only gig you know because i've seen uh, I've heard that a lot of bigger voice actors like aren't, you know, despite their fame and whatnot, they are like not rich. You know, they, they don't get paid a shit ton. They get, some of them get paid well. Um, but they're not like super crazy pockets full of money from what I've heard. Um, so that would be my take. Uh, but that don't let that derail you, right? Like I'm not acting like I make a ton of money on YouTube at all. Um, demonetization tough. It's really inconsistent. But what keeps me going is because I like doing this. So do you like voice acting? Do you like voice work? Do you care about what you want to do? That has always been my driving force in my work because if I don't give a fuck, I don't want to do it and I don't end up doing it. That's kind of been my mantra since I was a kid. Not like I don't give a fuck, but like if if I'm not interested, it's really hard for me to try. Like that's why like I was an okay student. I could have been a great student because I'm smart, but I was not because I, I fucking hated school. So um that would be my advice, man. You know, you're 20, you're still figuring things out, but if you love it, go for it. Yeah, and I would say what what you should do is go to voicebunny.com, make an account. Uh, they ask you for a voice sample of reading stuff, and they will uh, review you, and they're brutally honest. And once you're reviewed successfully, they then allow you to adjust how much you want to be paid for work, and that you can put in categories, and then you have an account there, and when people need you, and there's Voice Bunny's not the only one. There's about six or seven companies that do this online. Um, they all usually want to hear you read something, and then they can review you. They'll tell you uh, is you know you're you've got siblets uh, in your uh, in your audio, or you've got warble, or you've got whatever. You fix those, 
and then your samples up there and then people can buy your services for hospitals for whatever so my wife's best friend her husband was a voice actor was well paid but it wasn't in the gaming sphere he was very well paid outside the gaming sphere mm -hmm. unrealistically so and one of the reasons why is because he continued to plug away until pretty soon he had hundreds of voice samples where he was doing hospitals and 911 centers and all this stuff that's where you can get um, jobs. And because they need to switch so often, sometimes voice actors leave. So you may think, oh, well, if 911 recorded, please hold. They'll just leave it like that. No, they absolutely won't. Uh, whether it be audio quality or something you've said, they'll need somebody who can do new options, and they'll hire somebody to record all that stuff. There's definitely jobs you can do. There's also online companies that want to do um, PowerPoints about science and stuff. So they'll be like, when a meteorite strikes the Earth, what would happen? And you can watch a YouTube video of like PowerPoints. Many times those companies don't want the same voice actors. They want different ones. And they'll, they, they hire from Voice Bunny as well. Mm -hmm. So I would say on the side, as Maddie said, don't jump into a fool. But on the side, do it. It's free. It's, yeah, it's you free might. and you might get a job. You might get a little bit of money from it for just saying option yeah. one. You know, for yeah. who knows? You might suddenly hear your voice on all states insurance commercial. You have no clue. No, absolutely, man. And, and, um, yeah, I feel like my perspective on income is different than others because I'm a believer of like not just putting your eggs in one basket. Yeah, like, not me just too. a voice actor, or in my case, yep. not just a YouTuber. But when I, I did, I took a, about a month off now. Um, but streaming, that helps. Yep. Patreon, that helps. When I did voice, when I do voice work, rather, that helps. Um, I still like help shovel driveways and shit. Like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like I, I like working for money. Like I've always been a big believer in that. Like I, I, like I hate free handouts and that type of shit. Like I like to just, you know, put my work in and earn it. So mm -hmm. I've, I've always just enjoyed that hard days, honest work kind of mentality. Um, and so just don't limit your pot to one. Like if you can go to school and learn how to, uh, we'll say be a vet, uh, but then at the same time you have great voice talent and you could do that on the side on weekends, you know, like for an, a couple of hours on a Saturday, uh, and make some extra money. Like why the fuck not? Right. Like, and, and yep. eventually maybe that could turn into your full-time thing. Um, don't limit your options. It's the worst thing you can do. All right. Xenos Machina. This is probably just going to sound like a conspiracy theory, but do you think there is a connection to, between praise to strange cancellation due to quote quality standards end quote coming from a company that would release games infested with bugs? Um, that would uh, uh, arcane rebooting Prey and going in a completely different direction in Starfield. I might just be refusing to accept its cancellation, but something always seemed peculiar about the way it was scrapped. It looked so promising at E3 and not long after it was killed off. I just have a feeling that something else was going on behind the scenes, such as Bethesda Game Studios liking what they saw to the point where they decided to take it from Human Head and rename it Starfield and just change it enough to make it less noticeable. I know we know very little about Starfield, but I was just wondering if there was anything to this or if I might be wearing a tinfoil hat too tightly on the top of my head and cutting off the circulation. Bro, he's wearing two. <laughs> yeah, man, he's you're doubled up. <laughs> yeah, you're doubled up on that tinfoil, man. That's... that's. Uh... I, like, I like how he's thinking, though. He did connect some sensible dots, right? Like, I didn't think he sounded crazy. I just was like, damn, you're thinking deep. Yeah, it's that's like somebody really high at night at your house, and they start talking <laughs> to you about stars, and pretty soon you're like, what he's saying makes a little bit of sense, but it's still fucking batshit. Yeah, you're like, all right, go to bed, man. <laughs> Um, Prey 2 also, like Maddie said earlier, uh, games do get canceled. And Prey 2 doesn't surprise me because what they showed, that wasn't, I mean, that was gameplay, obviously, but we have no clue 
if it was a watchdog style gameplay. Yeah, I think it was a watchdog style gameplay. That, that game looked off the yeah. charts initially. That like it, nothing. It, I would agree. Seen. I would agree. Looked yeah. so good. It almost looked like a fake, you know, like gameplay, but fake Scripted. gameplay. Like yeah, it was like very exact in mm-hmm. what we were seeing. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, Vault One Hundred One guy. He has a couple of questions. Uh, will we be getting PS Fives on launch day, Carrick? Will we get? You cut out. Will we get PS5? Oh, sorry. PS5 on launch day. Yeah, but only because I review. Yeah, games. same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Uh, if I were a consumer, I'd, I'd wait. Uh, I would you, wait on both for sure. Do you think Sony is done with E3 or doesn't really care for it? It seems the way they. Uh, it seems this way because of state of play and some of the big announcements they have had would typically be announced at E3, such as The Last of Us and the PS5 announcement. Yeah, I think they're moving away from it. I think next E3 will be their last E3. I would say, I mean, I do think they'll be at next E3. Mm-hmm. So after that, I don't know. But I, they, I, I don't. I think Jim, the new guy, Jim Ryan, he is much more E3 based than because remember Sean or Shane? He had that shitty E3 where it was all highfalutin <laughs> with fucking violins mm-hmm. and oboes. I just have a feeling uh, Jim is much more. He seems more hardcore on some stuff, and I don't see him passing up an opportunity to toot his horn. I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah that's, that's definitely yeah new lifeblood, so that could change. Um, ben Jam asks us, what is the best birthday slash Christmas gift you have ever gotten? Oh, man, wow. I got one. All right. The most thoughtful one was from the most thoughtless person in my life. Um, one of the worst humans I've ever known. Uh, but at the time, I sold a Boris Vallejo. He's the one who originally painted Conan. It was a big art book. And uh, I got this art book. It was about 400 bucks, and this was when I was really young. So imagine 800 bucks or something like that. It was a collector's edition, and I had to pay rent, and I sold it. And my girlfriend at the time found out where I sold it, and she went and rebought it back and gave it to me. Which wow. Just goes to show you that a monster can still do good things. Hmm. Wow. That's very nice of that person. All right. Yeah, very, that was the only thing, Maddie. <laughs> ever they did that was nice. All right, but that, thanks. That was I'll it. see you later. Uh, <laughs> man, I'm trying to think because, you know, I've gotten some great gifts, and I've always had the mentality of, like, I don't play favorites with gifts. Like, yeah, oh, this exactly. is the favorite, or this is better than this one. Um, I can say some of my favorite gifts. Um, one was for... Uh, nope, can't say that. Fuck. Um... One was from my girlfriend. It was for my... Was it for my birthday or Christmas? I'm blanking out right now. She got me a gift, and it was a drawing of all my favorite characters across, like, games, shows. Oh, that's cool. It was, like, a painting, and I really liked that just because it was, like, a a very sentimental gift. I'm a sucker for those. I love those. Um, And you could tell, like, she put a lot of time into it. It looked like it took forever because I like so many characters, and she had, like, every single one of them. Um, and, you know, it involved her going behind the scenes, like, asking my best friends, like, hey, does Matt like this person, this person? Who does he like? Um, I just want to make sure I'm getting, like, all the right ones and they're all accounted for. And, like, it, it's crazy. Like, she even put fucking SpongeBob on there. Like, just everybody I love. <laughs> it was, it was pretty funny. Cool. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite gifts is actually hanging right in front of me, Carrick. It's from you. It's the ham radio comic thing. That was fucking oh, awesome. Oh, that was fun. That was fun to yeah. do. Yeah. That, that was, was one awesome. of my favorite gifts. That was not birthday or Christmas. That was just a random gift. And I thought that was... You know, I've always had this sitting here. I think it's the coolest thing ever. Um, yeah, man. Like, I'm just very big on uh, labors of love and, and thoughtful gifts. 
Yeah. Um, I have, like, good gift stories. I remember one time, and this is when I was, like, a bratty teenager. My mom got me Assassin's Creed 2 for Christmas, even though I said I didn't want it. And I remember saying to her, like, oh, I didn't kind of want this. Like I said, fucking shitty move. And uh, she was like, okay, Matt, like, don't be rude. You know, we can return it. And I felt like a dick afterwards. And I decided, you know what? I, I might be wrong here. And I gave it a chance, and I fucking loved the game. I loved <laughs> the game. Oh, and I, I remember like a dick yeah, during a Christmas. Yeah, and I immediately went out and apologized to my mom again because I felt really bad about it. I, I still to this day, <laughs> I tell her about it all the time. I'm like, I feel bad. She's like, Matt, like you were fucking what, eleven, twelve? Like you were learning. You 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 don't do it now. I was like, I know, but still, like I felt like such a douchebag. Um, so yeah, there there are great stories like that. Um, you know, I remember even recently my parents got us a uh, PS4 when they got us our Xbox. You know, there's just so many gifts. I, I, I could go down a whole list of them all. Um, great question. Spooky Shark asks us, what is the favorite thing to do with your family and or friends during the holiday season? Wow, everyone's in the Christmas spirit and we haven't even hit fucking ha- Halloween yet. <laughs> yeah. It's I crazy. love this. And so do I. I'm a, such a holiday freak. Yeah. I think my favorite thing is uh, once Thanksgiving's over, every Saturday after that, my family and I have had a tradition all my life where every Saturday we do what's called a snack party. So my mom will go to the store the night before and she'll get like all cool, crazy, fun things to make and eat that we've never had before. And we'll oh. all make them and then we'll have these snacks while we watch holiday movies and so we have like we pick two movies a night and we watch them every saturday and we have all these snacks during it and it's it's one of my favorite things that we we do as a tradition every year ours all ended because my parents don't live near me anymore but Mm. prior to that we would watch like christmas vacation every single christmas like no matter what like that was the chevy chase the old national lampoons and uh and it was funny because my dad was big into Christmas, but he wasn't as goofy as Chevy Chase. But the stupid stuff that happens in families when you get a bunch of people together, some of that rings true in that movie. And so mm-hmm. it was funny to get our family together. But yeah, we don't really, unfortunately, have any um, any ability to really... I mean, like I told you, they live over mountains and it's snowing. Yeah. So it's like we don't have vehicles that can like get there and shit. So unfortunately, we don't really have any kind of holiday event at all anymore. We do a little Christmas tree here. I'm into Christmas more than anybody around me, though. I, lo- I fuck, dude. I had a Christmas tree up until July, like thirty. 30- no, July, like sorry. <laughs> How do you keep uh, that shit July, alive? Or is it a fake tree? Uh, no, it's a fake one. Okay, I was gonna say, Jesus Christ. <laughs> we we outfitted it with July fucking mm-hmm. shit, dude. Like fireworks, fake fireworks, and stuff. Like, yeah, I, I I'm a huge. We still have the Christmas tree lights up. Never took them down. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. I love, I love Christmas. Yeah, same. No, I'm the same exact way. I can't get enough of it. Uh, you know, it's funny because my girlfriend was not a big Christmas person. You know, she was like, whatever, it's Christmas. And and until she saw how my family was this last Christmas was when she really yeah. like got into it. And she was like, okay, like, not I get it now. She always liked Christmas, but like it was a lot more special because she saw like, oh, this is a 24 year old guy. Like, you know, like how much he's into into Christmas. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's just fun, man. It's just fun. All right, uh, scrolling through. Great 851 has two questions. One's for you, Carrick. The first one we can both answer. Working full-time and having a limited amount of free time, I often notice I'm wasting too much time on endless YouTube videos or bloated, strung-out TV series. While this can be entertaining in the moment, afterwards, it felt like a waste of time and missed opportunities that could have been spent with deeper experiences, like reading a book or diving into a new game. Do you have any tips to help eliminate the chaff? 
I think I this is a very thoughtful question because you seem I don't aware. It's chaff, dude. Yeah, because here's the thing: if it's entertaining in the moment, and then you feel exactly. regret afterwards, I'm not talking like you hooked up with someone. And you're like, oh fuck, why did I do that? Like, I knew, I'm, yeah, I knew yeah. where you're going with yeah, that. Part, like, yeah, like I'm saying, like in the case of like you know, innocent, you watch the TV show. I feel like you're guilt tripping yourself for allowing yourself to unwind. Yep. which is something yep. I do a lot, and I'm sure Carrick does the same thing I do. because, yeah. um, for for our jobs. There's not that certainty, that guarantee at the end of the week. Uh, and I you know it's become in the industry kind of more common practice wherever you work. It's like there is that uncertainty. But there is less so in our line where we feel like if we're not working, we could be making more money or we could be securing our future more. And so it's harder for us like today. Because, um, yes, last night I was up till about midnight working more on my secret project and I got home, I fell asleep almost immediately when I was really tired already, and I woke up today, and I was like, man, I am shot. And, like, I just had to chill in bed until this podcast to just let myself recover, yeah. which is really fucking hard for me to do, especially on a weekday, where normally I save that for the weekends. Um, so, yeah, man, let yourself unwind. If you feel like you're not spending it productively, catch yourself in the moment and be like, you know what, let me read a book now. That's it. Just stop yourself and go for it. And I read books and I don't feel productive sometimes. I think that it, it, no matter what you do, like somebody will say a, mo- a TV show or movie is not productive. Mm-hmm. Depends on what you're doing. Because if you can gain some, like if you're a writer, study the dialogue. If, you're, if you mm-hmm. want to talk about composition in a game, compare it to the plot you just saw in your movie. I think a lot of people get hard on themselves for no real... I mean, I get it. But at the same time, it it's like, unless you're unhealthy and you're literally just fucking eating you know, Ritz crackers off your bare chest with your feet up, not moving, using a yeah. fucking stick to change a channel. Then you're a last fatty. Night, I, last night, I, li- some- last night I literally was in bed with my shirt off and had a Ritz cracker on my chest. Well, see, there you go. Boom. <laughs> Maddie just found out I have a webcam. Uh, hacked in his house. I just watched the inside oh of his Oh, my God. There we go. Like, what the fuck? I'm ESP, baby. Holy shit. Second question's for you. Could Carrick talk about getting into Airsoft or paintball as a hobby? I believe you mentioned it in the past. Tried searching my local area for some groups, but nothing came up. None of my friends are into it. Where do I start? Boy, it depends. Uh, yeah, go fast. It depends on your local laws, so verify those. That might be why people's not interested. If your friends aren't interested, you might find out if they're sedate or not, because they might be uh, sort of a not a lazy person, but you know what I mean. They're not as physical. That's fine. Mm. Um, the easiest way I would s- describe it is you can start at 99 bucks and get a very good gun and a ton of ammo. I would not go with a random group. I would still con- continually try to talk to people around you. And mm-hmm. it may be unfortunate, but you may find out that that's not a... Uh, uh, what do you call it? A hobby you can do. I have friends in Australia, and they're not allowed to have them without big legalities, just because they look like real guns, mm-hmm. and so they just can't do it. So, it, without knowing where you are, those are the steps. I would try to talk my friends into it, dude. You can get Halo guns. So, if your friends are like, "Those dope. look too real," if they, yeah, if they say they look too real, go out and get a Nerf gun or something and be like, "Let's play." Some people just look at it as cowboys and Indians, and I got to tell you, when you do airsoft the first time, you'll be like, first of all, you're going to be dead physically. <laughs> Second, you're going to be like, "This is not fucking cowboys and Indians," because I got shot. Yeah. So it's, it just depends on where you are, and your legal can be an issue depending on what state you're in. Airsoft would be fun. I kind of want to try that. It, it's the most uh, astoundingly awesome hobby in the world. It's, <laughs> it replaced D and D, which I can't believe I ever said. But like, yeah, I crazy. saw video games, airsoft, and now D and D below it. It is, it is such such good fun. It's awesome. 
Last question comes from Mike Fury. He asks if we have any tattoos. I am tattoo-less. Fuck, no, I don't have tattoos. It's nasty. <laughs> it's nasty? Ah, oh, fuck, dude. You don't like tattoos I, at all? Uh, no. Wow. No, my, wife, my wife's got one. Drives me fucking absolutely insane. I <laughs> Do you mind if I ask where? Oh, down her back right here. Back? It's, just, okay. it's it's in Chinese. Chinese because she's Chinese. It's mm-hmm. I mean it's I don't it doesn't drive me nuts like I look at her when she walks by and go I fucking want to punch that. I just don't like defacing your flesh at all. Okay. I'm not a big fan of uh, earrings. I'm fine with, but like nose rings, that kind of stuff. It always um, nope. It's hmm. just distasteful to me for whatever reason. Probably growing up in a time when it wasn't as big. You know, and you get accustomed to see, especially when people look at me, they're like, they think I would have tats and fucking, you know, all this crazy. Yeah, not a, not a fan. Have you ever seen one? Be honest. Have you ever seen a tattoo that you really, really like that really makes you go, that person's flesh is better? If they're not a burn victim, let's not go that far. Yes. Okay, go for it. Can you explain it? There was, I'm trying to forget, I forgot this guy's name. But he had a sleeve and it had like Pokemon characters that connected to like different games up his arm, and it was just very much a work of art. It looked okay, absolutely okay. awesome. And okay. Okay. I've always said if I were to get a tattoo, I'd probably get something symbolic on my back right, um, or right of my back rather. And then if I ever were to get any more, I would get a sleeve on my right arm. That would be a bunch of games that somehow all mesh together. Um, I would get something it, at all. It would have to be viewable to me, if that makes sense. Right. If I ever got one, that's what I've always thought to too. To but I also, stuff. I'm a lot more frail. Where I know, let's say I got a bicep tattoo, like like straight up, like <laughs> on the inside, saying. I'd be I'd be freaking out. I'd be like, oh god, you're gonna hit bone. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, or I you got to work out now so that it yeah. looks good. You know, if, yeah. if somebody's like, yeah. let me see your tattoo, and you got a little yeah, noodle it's just arm fucking drooping off. down. And you're like, check it out. That's awesome. <laughs> that's so bad <laughs> yeah uh and i want to make sure people don't think i'm looking down on people who have them i just don't like flesh covered yeah it, se- it didn't seem like a personal thing it seemed more like yeah. i just don't like it yeah which i get um that's our last question garrick we turned Matt, he's turned... only got one yeah well he had three but one of them we answered the other one oh, okay i have my app closed but like we answered one i think another one we also somewhat covered so the last one oh, okay. was the one we could actually because i was about to say furies let us down yeah if if we only got one i'd he, be like he, he tagged me in a message last week he was like i didn't sign up to get to get patronized <laughs> i saw that i saw that it was awesome i was just like hey man look you're spelling you're, you're spelling your grammar i was like you got a proofread oh you yeah submit. when you went after him that yeah. was awesome <laughs> yeah you never know too sometimes we'll read them not even oh like no, yeah one even bat an eye and then other times we're in a playful mood and it's like be prepared baby. yeah because you know like you could tell people were on watch because like xenos machina was like hey man sorry if my sentence structure wasn't that good that's what he capped off his message with and i was like yeah fucking right watch your shit here you're you're, <laughs> you're on our show now look at any of my sentences in your discord and i cannot <laughs> tell anybody they should be worried about what they write but i still do tease everybody anyway all right that'll wrap up episode 223 of the ham radio podcast if you got this deep i don't really have a a hashtag prepared for you despite opening the episode um so i guess what we will do is give you one right now which will be did we do anything Uh, involving our big thing our big things was ps5 i'm just thinking what we covered the most of um 
Hmm. I sort of no, I'm not gonna say that one. Um, <laughs> hmm. Isn't this the best part of the show where you can sit with us in silence? It's like you're actually with us. And they're probably right now thinking of 50, right? You know yeah. how it is when you watch a video and somebody thinks for a second in a podcast and you're like, dude, it's the, it, it's well, that's the why game. I, yeah, I, I thought it would be better. It's always best that we do it this way. We just don't have it I prepared. think so too. You know, because then so it becomes too, too serious. Um, oh, you could do um, something about the holidays because we talked about games and holidays and I think we're in the holidays like – you know, yeah. it seems yeah. like your patrons are in the holiday. Yeah, you guys are in the holiday spirit, so hashtag holiday spirit. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I have no problem with that. Because yeah, no, right. everybody seems to be into that mode now. Yeah, so yeah that's totally good with us. So you got this deep. You want to let us know at G27Status and at Jeremy Penter on Twitter. Tag us with the hashtag holiday spirit. Let us know what you thought of the show, if there's anything we can improve here, or if there's anything we should keep on doing. We've been getting a lot of feedback from you guys, and we, we bleh, I said really, we really appreciate you guys, and uh, we hope you stick with us through the, the next set of episodes. So uh, with that, I will stop there. Carrick, anything else you'd like to interject? I just want to say thanks to everybody who posted on Twitter the last tag, uh, yeah, the last we, tag, because a bunch of people responded. A lot it of people was, saying, was, where's Sean? Yeah, it was cool to be able to see it and go, okay, people are getting, you know, mm-hmm. to the end. Because you never quite know. Yeah, so we, we so really appreciate that. And uh, like I said, you know, use it as a chance to connect some feedback to us. If you don't feel like signing up to the Patreon, that's no problem. Uh, that's just another way for you to connect without uh, feeling like you've got to pay. Um, so with that, we will end that, uh, end that, end this here. And we will see you guys next week with episode 224. Peace out. Peace out. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.